2: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
1: This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. Cork screen.
2: And good morning, our lines are open, 1850 333 103. You can text or WhatsApp 086 2 103, 103 or of course email this morning, jp at c103 dot ie. You can tweet us as well, uh, c103cork on Twitter if you want to tweet us across the morning. And ahead on today's show, we are going to speak with Louise O'Keefe, the rights campaigner for victims of child sexual abuse in primary schools because Louise uh, has uh, over the last few days uh, brought up the issue on why the state, first of all, is failed to honour a commitment to give victims access to a state redress scheme. Uh, but also this comes nearly a year after an apology for the of Racker in the Dáil last year to those who were affected by this in primary schools. We'll chat with Louise on the show this morning on this particular issue. Uh, the HSE's Covid Tracker app, that was launched and is going to be launched at 11am this morning. Uh, but the big question is will you download this particular app? Uh, majority of people this morning are downloading the app, but there is a few concerns Saren's on data and privacy the Irish Council for Civil Liberties says that uh, they don't recommend installing this app at this point but the HSE is encouraging people uh, to install the app basically uh, this particular app will let you know if you come in contact with someone who may have the Covid virus basically on installing the app on the phone you'll be given a chance to provide your phone number to the HSE contacting tracing teams and the feature also includes a symptom check where you can describe your condition it then will also send notifications to those who have been in close contact with someone who has tested positive for COVID-19. And close contact is believed to be about 15 minutes and it uses what's called a Bluetooth handshake to speak to other devices. Now, this means no personal information is given out and nobody will know the identity of the person who tests positive. So have you downloaded the app this morning? And are you going to download the app? And have you any issue with that? Uh, Most people, it seems, across the country are downloading the app and don't have issues on downloading that particular app because, as we were mentioning earlier on in the Breakfast Show with Simon, every app we download now basically tracks where we go tracks our movements tracks whatever we do and if if you don't have a smartphone uh, you will notice from various court cases over the years that they will track you by the transmitter of the actual phone tower so when it comes to tracking people some people the majority of people are saying that well uh, we are being tracked anyhow if you want to put it that way by phone towers by mass and everybody using a mobile phone uh, one way or the other will have their location traced back Uh, so there should be no issue with that but some people have come concerns on the data. So are you feeling free to download this particular app? Have you any concerns? Uh, let us know that on text 086-2103103 or call Bernie or Sadie 1850 333 And also we're going to hear something that we've got a lot of calls on over the last few weeks. People who are going back shopping in their local towns or in the city and it's the lack of public toilets because public toilets are closed in many towns. Some towns now though are trying to come up with an idea And this is to ensure that they have facilities to win back local shoppers who may have turned away from local towns because of COVID. Now people are coming back into town shopping, but they find they get caught, uh, no toilet open, uh, no public toilet open and the reason, of course, for a lot of them remaining closed is due to COVID-19. But one Cork town has a unique idea and we'll be speaking later uh, and hearing what Clonakilty is coming up with. It's an idea uh, that they have seen in other countries. I know it's uh, an idea from New Zealand Anyway, we'll hear about that later uh, with their local uh, Fianna Fáil uh, deputy, Christopher O'Sullivan. Also, if you are about to renew your health insurance, watch out for your renewal documentation, as many health insurance companies are reducing cover and many people are unaware of this. So when you get your renewals in the door with regards to documentation, how many of us actually sit down and read all the documents? You look at how much the premium costs, you look at what cover, what policy you're on, but do you go through line by line on what exactly you are covered for? You may think it's the same as last year, and you would think it would be the case, especially as premiums are high enough when it comes to health insurance, but and the majority of them seems to have gone up as well, but uh, with regards to this, it seems that certain aspects of policies, the cover is being reduced and a lot of those who are renewing are unaware of this. We'll be discussing uh, with health insurance expert Dermagood of TotalHealthCover.ie and also discussing, discussing something that came up on the show yesterday and this is the fee you must pay before you get a procedure done at a private hospital. So if you were going to get an operation done in, for example, the martyr, they will contact you in about three or four days before you go in for your procedure, you'll be asked to attend for a COVID-19 Test, but that test could cost you up to they're saying 250 euro. We're hearing yesterday of people who are getting a quote or getting charged €275. Euro. So it's anything from 75 to 275 euro is the cost of this particular fee for this COVID-19 test. And many are are not happy with this, and also it seems that the insurance companies are not going to cover this for the moment anyhow. So discussing that this morning with Dermot Good, any health insurance questions you have, get them into us. We're also going to hear how a six-year-old boy from Kinsale, he is going to cycle three kilometres a day for 33 days to raise money for three charities that support him in his life. We'll hear about that later and also discussing resilience when it comes to young adults. So that's more to come between now and one o'clock and of course the lines are open. Anything you want to discuss this morning on the show, get in contact with us. You can call Bernie or Sadie 1850-333-103 or you can always text or WhatsApp 86 2103 You can tweet at C103 Cork and still when it comes to the political side of things and the COVID-19 virus and pubs because of what happened across the weekends in Dublin mainly and seemingly uh, sometimes and some of the night times um, in Cork uh, there was crowds gathering on streets as well it seems late at night trying to get home whatever from pubs anyhow it is an issue that in London the police have openly come out and said we cannot police Drunk people, and that is something that is going to. Uh, I'm sure Guardy here will have the same situation, and uh, if they haven't already in Dublin, but anyhow, the reopening of pubs, which were due to, the wet pubs as they call them, which are pubs who don't serve food, they were due to reopen on July 20th. But we were always told these were always guidelines. Every phase that was due to come back in was a guideline, and it depended on how the virus was, and also on how people behaved. And Michal Martin has come out yesterday, and he has said there's no guarantee that pubs now that don't serve food will open on July 20th. Nothing new really because it was mentioned at the start. It does depend on how we all behave and how the virus behaves as well. Uh, But if you think your local pub could be opening on July 20th, it may not be. We'll have to see what happens over the next few weeks and something that isn't going away. Uh, for Fianna Fáil, and this is the Agricultural Minister Barry Cowan. He was uh, the Irish Independent have uh, got this story this morning that he was up in court for speeding on his learner driving licence just three months before his ban for drink driving. Uh, Mr Cowan was banned from drink driving of course after being caught over the limit four years ago in September 2016. Now that emerged uh, yesterday that Mr Cowan who was then a Fianna Fáil TD also appeared before Dublin District Court in June 2016 on the speeding charge. He was fined 200 euros for breaking the special 60k limit at Palmerstown in Dublin in July 2015. Now he is due to make a statement in the Doll on the drink driving matter later this evening, uh, as he seeks to end the controversy around this uh, for the government. Now it seems that Micheál Martin he is not going to ask him to resign or stepped down from his role as a Minister over the particular drink driving ban as the incident was dealt with at the time is how they're putting it. Uh, but a lot of people here on texts and WhatsApp are asking the same question. Should he go? Should he resign? Uh, considering the charge that was put against him. Drink driving, a lot of talk about that and a lot of talk on the changes of rules of the road and everything over the last four to five years in this country because of drink driving. Uh, should he step aside? And road safety campaigners have said a lot of unanswered questions are particularly uh, need answering around his learner driver licence something he hasn't come out and dealt with or spoken and how and why he had a learner driving licence for so long. And a lot of listeners posed the questions yesterday, which are good questions and and still need to be answered. Uh, Was he driving on the motorway to Dublin with a learner driver or with a a learner licence? And had he somebody with him in the car? Uh, But even if he had someone with him in the car, he should not be driving on a motorway because, of course, you can't drive on a motorway with an L licence. So uh, a lot of questions still need to be answered. But the Various road safety campaigners and organisations uh, do feel at this stage he needs to go, um, because because of everything that, that that has been said over the years regarding drink driving, to have someone in his position. Remaining in his position uh, it really is a slap in the face for those who have been affected by drink drivers and they are, a majority of them are asking him to step down. Now, uh, while he was disqualified for, for three months after he was found to be over the limit, when he was breathalyzed uh, and indeed driving on a provisional licence, uh, still th- there's no talks of him uh, for, uh, on leaving and obviously members of Fianna Fáil and the Cohen family, they are defending the minister and they're attacking the coverage of his drink driving ban. Anyhow, your thoughts welcome on that. And a lot of calls yesterday, we didn't get to this, on the COVID payment because this week uh, saw the highest number of people returning to work since the crisis began and the latest figures show a total of 63,000 people have ceased claiming the pandemic payment. Uh, and from today, and this is what was coming into us question-wise yesterday, but it came in towards the end of the show so we didn't have time to uh, get your questions on this but here are the answers for those I think it was Anne and others looking for answers on this yesterday and it's really a two-tier system now will be in effect for the COVID payment because employees whose average weekly earnings in 2019 are in January and February of this year whichever is the higher were less than 200 euros gross will receive a weekly pandemic unemployment payment of 203 euros a week so this equates to the standard job seeker rate of payment and as it is higher than the person's prior earnings will still mean that people who receive the €203 per week are in receipt of a higher income than they had prior to being let off due to COVID-19. Now, employees then with average earnings of €200 or more a week will continue to receive the 350 pandemic unemployed payment and roughly there's about 75% of people who are claiming uh, the €350 per week. The payment uh, then to self-employed people has been assessed based on their returns to revenue. Uh, So that payment, that's the way it's going to go now. Two-tier system, and it's going to run, so far, everything is changing uh, day by day, but so far, uh, that payment's going to go until uh, August, anyhow, it seems. But again, everything is up for discussion when it comes to anything in in relation to COVID. And yesterday, uh, a lot of talk as well over international travel, and people are worried about those coming into the country from other countries and people coming in and not quarantine and, and not obeying the 14 days to self-isolate. Well, the government have cleared up and have extended uh, the international travel restrictions and their advice is, to, again, uh, to avoid all non-essential international travel and that has been extended now to July 20th. Anyone who does undertake take a sensual, uh, an essential international trip, uh, they then will have to isolate for 14 days and coming back to Ireland. And the extension comes on the back of an increase in the percentage of Irish cases being contracted from international travel and the risk of a resurgence impacting then of course something we discussed yesterday on the potential resumption of schools in this country and the green list we're all on about and a lot of people are waiting for the green list of countries from which you can travel to without having to self-isolate that now won't be revealed until the closer July 20th and then that particular list will be updated every two weeks and there'll be a number of criteria then for countries to make it on to the particular green list so for the moment again if people are going on international journeys uh, it must be essential, non-essential uh, it's not allowed basically and if you are going you have to quarantine for up to two weeks and while people are looking for good news all the time and people were sending their thoughts to Dr Tony Houlihan we discussed yesterday that we should have some kind of national honour scheme in this country to recognise people like him and others, uh, well he's going to get the freedom of Dublin City that was announced yesterday afternoon and I know we had uh, calls and texts yesterday towards the end of the show people asking what are the cases like for Cork Uh, one lady was asking I'm worried about going shopping, I'm worried about going out. Have we any indication of what Cork is like COVID-wise for the cases where we have and this is now Cork City and County which is a big place so this is just the entire region of Cork. So I don't know where in Cork these cases are from but since last Friday there's been five new cases for Cork and again Dr Mike Ryan of the World Health Organisation when you are talking about going out or heading out and shopping he's saying it's up to everyone to have personal responsibility and if you don't feel it's safe then Don't go to that particular location. That's what uh, he is saying to people. And again, a lot of common sense comes to that approach while people are asking each other, should I go here? Should I go there? If you think it's not safe to go to a bar, if you don't feel comfortable going into a shop, well, then don't do it. You can be hearing all the advice you want from government from doctors but if you think yourself it's not safe to go well then you decide you don't go uh, because you know your own body best and you know yourself best really don't you so uh, you can have all the advice given to you but if you think uh, there's some place where your friends your family are going and you might have an underlying condition and you feel for you it's not right well then explain that to them and just don't go Uh, but it doesn't stop people from going out shopping if you adhere by the guidelines but still as many are saying, a lot of this is down to personal responsibility. Anyhow, your calls and comments are welcome. 1850 333 103. You can text or WhatsApp 086 2103 103. Email across the morning jp at c103.ie. Good morning to you, John Paul McNamara. In for Patricia Messenger, right through until one. And Birdie and Sadie taking your calls at 1850 333 103. Text or WhatsApp 086 2103 103. And a letter to the show this morning. And I wonder if you can help uh, now, who has written to us this morning because he's looking for some advice, and I will also hand this over to Annalisa, and she'll deal with this hopefully on the show next week. But he's hoping that someone out there can help him with this he's a 46 year old male and he's suffering from severe pain in his arms especially he says my left arm now this happens at night when I try to relax and in bed it gets so bad the pain goes down to my legs and also my back now this stops me getting any type of sleep and I have to get up and walk around to try and ease the pain I have been told it is restless leg syndrome now I have gone to lots of different doctors and specialists but no one seems to be able to to fix it so this is really affecting my everyday life and it's really just getting worse could you please please read this letter out in the hope that some of your listeners could help me on this thanking you Alan uh, so can we help Alan with this one restless legs I know we we have dealt with that before on the show with Annalisa and I will bring this up with her on the show next Monday but is there anybody out there in the meantime who has been in the same situation as Alan uh, finding it hard to get to sleep with that pain that has gone from his arm to his legs and his legs are feeling restless and because of that he can't get a decent night's sleep and it's affecting his everyday life have you been in that situation if you have and have advice for Alan, uh, let us know and we'll pass it on to him. Uh, you can text 086 or call 1850 333 103. But on the way there, we are going to speak with the rights campaigner for victims of child sexual abuse in primary schools, Louise O'Keefe. Court today on C 103.
1: Call Patricia with your comment 1850 333
2: Now, over the weekend, Louise O'Keefe has stated that the state has failed to honour a commitment to give victims access to the state redress scheme now Louise joins me this morning on this issue good morning to you Louise Good
3: morning, Jean-Paul.
2: And of course, this is in connection with the child sexual abuse in primary schools. And it's more than 60 years since you won the case at the European Court of Human Rights, which ruled the state had an obligation to protect you and others from sexual abuse in the schools. It's also hard to believe, Louise, nearly a year on uh, from when the Taoiseach at the time, lead for Acker promised action to include other victims in a redress scheme uh, but still, nothing has happened with this. I mean, are you surprised at this, given what has happened to your own case over the years when you were dealing with the state on this?
3: Well, no, not surprised. But even though not surprised, still extremely disappointed. Um, because, um, well, you, you you take anybody on trust and uh, you take what they say as being honourable, um, and you you simply just have to, well, you have to, you know, take somebody on their word. And it was, I suppose, uplifting to a point to hear the Taoiseach at, at the time say, and um, own up to the fact that um, the children had been abused, as such, under the care of the state in the schools. They had been left down in that they hadn't been protected. They had been left down again um, because of the delay um, in um, honouring the judgement that came from Europe and it had been promised that something would be done now. Now was 12 months ago and um, to be honest, it's, it's a Bit like I actually had said on the email to um, the Taoiseach, the Taoiseach, and the Minister for Education that you know action needs now, uh, within the next month, not in the next twenty-two years. Um, and I suppose you know one of, one of the reasons I'm very anxious to have this closed is the time that the time that has gone on has been um, exasperating, um, it has been disappointing, and it has added hugely to the suffering uh, and hardship of the people who are waiting for decisions to be made. Um, And it's not only just those people, because the people who are silent need to have it sorted for the people who have taken cases, for the people who are waiting for decisions, it's equally important for the people who are silent because for the people who are silent, it's just as much acknowledging what had happened to them as to the others. And we are all one and the same in the sense that we were sexually abused by members of staff, teachers or carers in the, the day schools. And it was wrong. It shouldn't have happened, the state should have done something, they didn't do something and each and every pupil that was abused, that abuse must be acknowledged that it shouldn't have happened and we should have been protected.
2: And Louise, with all the apologies that have been made over the years on this, especially even the one last year and the various promises as well, do you feel that these are just now broken promises, broken apologies because no action really has been taken?
3: um broken apologies broken apologies yes um but are they broken apologies were they really heartfelt apologies um i mean heartfelt apologies are backed up by action there is no action and any action that has been taken has been ways of delaying tactics of um Preventing people from accessing the scheme—I mean, the, the action of, of this of, of the government of making the prior complaint a condition to access the scheme was nonsensical. And at the time that the then Minister for Education, General Sullivan, announced it, I mean, I told her so. Um, she, you know, she simply didn't listen. Um, and quite honestly, not only did she not listen, the whole cabinet, the whole government didn't listen at that time because I was, I, I feel I was quite vocal in stating at that time that the prior complaint w- was not a condition that should have been put in place. The prior complaint had simply proven my case in Europe. It had proven that the state had done nothing before a complaint had been made. And after a complaint had been made, that was—it was just simply a point of proving my case in the European Court. It was not a condition that should have been held by the state at any time.
2: And the thing about this is, many people who were commenting on, on your case and others over the last number of years again. Are coming out saying I cannot believe we're being asked about this in 2020 uh, you would think at this stage they're saying that everything should have been sorted by now I mean why do you think the state is failing in a way to admit its wrongdoings despite as you mentioned there what has happened in court what has happened in the European courts of human rights uh, and why do you think that they're still ignoring or failing in their duty to look at this and to look at the state redress scheme I mean have you have any contact from the new government which I know Finnegill as a part of, but have you written or have you had any contact from on me Hall Martin uh, on this in the last week or so?
3: Well, I haven't had any any reply. Now, when I sent my email, I sent my email to the Taoiseach, the Tarnista, and the Minister for Education. I also copied the Minister for Finance, the Minister for Children, the Minister for Foreign Affairs, and um, the. Minister for Foreign Affairs, the Minister... Oh, I just have to double-check that, (laughs) sorry. Um, But I just copied them. Oh, yes, the Minister for Justice as well. Um, So all I've had back is acknowledgement of receipt of email. That's it. Nothing else. No comment, no nothing at all whatsoever. Um, And it really is more of the same. It's more of the same in that brush it aside, ignore it, forget it, you know. Um, I mean, yesterday I spoke on um, 96FM and prior to my going on the radio show, Michal Barton was on the show and he was asked what was on his to-do list, okay? Now, his to-do list was Europe, Europe. to deal with the North, to deal with COVID, to deal with um, the travel restrictions, um, the climate change. There was a number of other things. But he never mentioned the issue of the child sexual abuse in the schools and the ex scheme. Now, to me, this was an issue that had been raised at the weekend, was well publicised over the weekend. And on Monday morning, it wasn't on his list. It was brushed off. It was gone, forgotten. Didn't, wasn't dealing with it. You, you know, this is, the urgent. this is the urgency. Now that they're dealing with this issue, one. You know, it's it's six and a half years since my judgment in Europe, and they're still ignoring it. It push it to the side, and Euro you know, will wait until the next time she blows up again.
2: Yeah, do you feel like that, that they just wait until you actually physically have to come out and speak either on media or radio or, or wherever because John is making a point here. It's awful to think that Louise again has to go public and speak out on this to help others and herself who've been in that awful situation of abuse in primary schools. Those who abused were in the school, were teaching and were employed by the Department of Education which means they were in state employees. If, if this happened to any other private company that person would be dealt with and the private company would have measures in place to deal with something like this. I know it was a long time ago and it was a different country but still now uh, the government and the public service should have some way in dealing with matters like this. I just feel they're pushing it down the line awful that Louise has to come public again to deal with this. So John is is making a similar point to what you made there that un- until you actually start roaring things start moving because there was a delay again last year uh, when they were were speaking about this action plan on the state's progress in implement- implementing that particular rule ruling, they were supposed to do something in September. That was delayed in mid-October and then I think uh, it it was delayed slightly again. So uh, there is a a case of pushing everything down until you come uh, come forward again, isn't it?
3: Oh, it it certainly feels like it and that's not right because you know, there are thousands of people who were sexually abused as children in our schools. Um, When you actually look at the fact that there are a, somewhere between 50 to 60 thousand children in our primary schools any given year okay so the that that alone will tell you that if there was if there's 50 000, if there's 50,000 children in school now you're in primary school for eight years, okay? So there's 50,000 children in school in 1960. Well, in 1968, 69, there's a different, completely different 50,000 children in the schools. Now, if you look at the number of people who have actually come forward, say that there were sexually abused children in our schools and look at the number who were in our schools it really and truly will tell you that alone that the percentage who have come forward is tiny compared to those who were actually sexually abused
2: and when you look at how long it's taken to sort this particular issue out, the fear is people may not want to come forward because when they see these delays and the way that the government is treating people, it, it might be a factor of, well, if they don't treat those who are coming forward well, uh, how, how will they deal with me? Well, I mean, that that well, is the fear, is, isn't it?
3: Well, this is it. I mean, when I, when I started my case in, in and I started my civil case in 1998, okay? And during that during that time, I wasn't, obviously, the only case. But I am one of the younger ones in historical cases. A lot of the cases are from people who are older than me. Not all of them, but most of them. And when, when the Excalibur scheme was announced, they, d- they did offer the scheme to seven people but they only paid to six people because unfortunately one person died and they withdrew the offer now to my way of thinking that withdrawal was absolutely sinful and disgraceful because that, that offer was made while the person was still alive and it was well and truly long overdue It should have been paid into the estate of that person in absolute acknowledgement of how they had wronged the person. You know, it's just, there is, (laughs) I wouldn't say that there's a lack of sensitivity. There's just no thought. There's no humanity. um, And it just proves uh, to me, you know, the willingness that they have in Doing something about this, which is zero. It's actually minus. It's not even zero. Um, You know, it's (laughs) it. I get upset. I get angry. um, You know, and it it's just an absolute disgrace to have to come out again. It's upset. It's upsetting for me. Never mind upsetting for the people who are actually involved and the people who are waiting. um, And y oh, it's you know it it just really is so upsetting for of course them. it is
2: of course it is, yeah, and the thing that you would again do as as John mentioned, you have to go public each time for them to make the next move to address this oh, and to get absolutely. things moving again in wheel it, it is very upsetting, and there is a lack it's, of sensitivity there it is time. because there it is.
3: because quite quite honestly, any telephone calls I make to the Department of Education in the meantime, okay, they gain nothing, they gain absolutely nothing. Um, on the campaign trail for the elections you know you gain nothing absolutely nothing you don't even hear back It's all talk You know it's all talk all talk absolutely
2: Hmm. Okay so I suppose at this stage what's going to happen now do you have to wait and see will any of those you've emailed and rung will they actually come back to you are you hopeful now with the fact you have spoken out over the last number of days that someone listening uh, will address this in the various departments or will say it to the local politician and, and that they will actually do something on this? Is that, is that the, the only way really of getting through with them at this stage?
3: Well, it's it's, it's it's the only way of getting through and quite honestly, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, um, you don't, like, you know, I'm I'm a mother, I'm a full-time employee, um, you know, I have to earn a living and, quite honestly, you know, I <laughs> I cannot devote full full time to um being out on the airwaves and mm. um knocking literally on the department do- door and standing outside waiting for a minister or Tisha teacher or t- to come out the door um or door stepping them or whatever at various events. It's not my that is not my style, but if this goes on much longer, something is going to have to be done. Um, you know, it's, it's not a path that I would envisage or like. Um, I don't believe in that sort of campaigning. But, you know... You know You'll have no people, choice. But pe- people are getting older. They're getting frailer. Um, they're, like, if, if not, if nothing else, you know, even to go for counselling, if they have to finance the counselling themselves. There's no compensation towards that counselling. There's no group uh, uh, counselling organised for the pupils who were sexually abused in the day schools. There's nothing pushed forward for those. It is all self-organised.
2: Okay, well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Hopefully, an answer will be given to you over the next few days, Louise. Stay in touch with us, uh, and and we'll uh, see how things go over the next few days. And that someone will reach out to you from those departments. In the meantime, uh, you look after yourself, uh, and best wishes to you and your family as well. Thank you very much, Louise. Take care. Thank
3: you for thank you as well for for allowing me to have an audience with your listenership, and to. Uh, get their support, uh, which has been very, very much appreciated, both in the past and in the present, and God willing, into the future.
2: And there is a lot of people supporting you this morning, Louise, I can tell you that here on the phones and on text. So uh, bear that in mind as well. And hopefully, as I said, someone will reach out over the next few days from the department uh, and we'll stay in touch with you and see what, what they have to come out and say for themselves. For the moment, thanks you for talking to us this morning. Uh, that's Louise O'Keefe there from Bandon. Uh, on that particular issue, of course, uh, remaining. Uh, and still unfortunately have to uh, has to come out and campaign for the victims of child abuse in primary schools. And again, the state failing to acknowledge and failing to honour their commitment uh, to give victims access to that particular state redress scheme. Uh, Your views are welcome. 1850 333 103. On the way, uh, the lack of public toilets in our towns and city at the moment due to COVID-19. But how one town has a way around this? You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
1: Cork Today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 103 103.
2: Now the issue of public toilets being closed has come up again on the show many people contacting us saying I am trying to support my local town and local business but when I go into our local town or even the city uh, there's not enough public toilets and many facilities are closed and we know some are closed due to COVID-19 but one Cork town has come up with a way that could help out with this and also Uh, be a tourism feature. Uh, Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan joins me. Good morning to you, Christopher. Good morning, John. First of all, we have got answers back from Cork County Council and others who say the reason a lot of the uh, toilets remain closed is due to COVID-19 measures and slowly uh, some will reopen with cleaning Uh, and there was also issues as well with superloos around this, but there's a number of ideas floating around that could introduce new type of toilets. What's the idea for ClonicLity?
4: Okay, so first of all, it's important to say that in Clanquilty, for example, there are no physical public toilets at the moment. The the superloo, the famous superloo or the infamous superloo, as we prefer to call it around here, uh, is currently decommissioned. No, I think there's talks of putting that back in place, um, but there is no public toilets, and that that can be said as you as you quite rightly said in your opening for quite a few villages and towns. Take balanine in the scheme, um, and and this isn't due to COVID nineteen or or any measures um, or restrictive measures. Balanine in a scheme has been without a public toilet for quite a while now, and unfortunately, um, we're on, have, we have a real battle on our hands uh, to restore the, the public toilet there. But getting back to um uh, the, the what it, it, it the situation in Clonakilty arose not qu- so quite so much because of COVID nineteen, but because of the ongoing um, OPW flood works that are going on in the River field there going through the middle of the town. Um, during the works, the Superloo, uh, as we call it here in Clonakilty, uh, was removed. So uh, people visiting the town, uh, and um, not just you know people around the town, people shopping, um, going about their daily business, were having to. Um, rely on the kindness uh, and the support of a lot of the uh, business owners uh, in town. One particular example would be Donovan's Hotel, which essentially has uh, very generously um, offered their toilets uh, to the public for for years and years now. Um, So there's a serious situation there. Clannock Hilty, it's The biggest town in the West Cork Municipal District is a population of 5,000. Not just that, but it's also a very, very important tourism town. But here we are, when people ask where they can um, go to the loo, where they can use the restrooms, we are having, unfortunately, to send them to businesses. So we have to come up with a solution. Um, I don't think the Superloo is the solution. It's been a bit of an unmitigated disaster, if I'm honest. Um, when it, when it, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, John Paul, or if you've ever had the pleasure Yeah,
2: we Yeah, I haven't of, used uh, it, but I, I know about it, the this. story behind it. And I know that other towns yeah. have had problems as it, well with it, these t- uh, f- fancy Superloos that were due to open or not open in various towns. So they have been a concern uh, for a long time.
4: Yeah, it's been it's been ongoing for a while. The, the super is like uh, if you're claustrophobic, I wouldn't uh, recommend it. it. It opens automatically and then it closes behind you. It washes itself. But the the, the bigger, I suppose, issue is that it was costing the council. I think, no, and I stand to be corrected. On average of forty thousand a year. Um, Uh, to to enter into the contract with the company that provides the Superloo. But thankfully, and and this is where there's light at the end of the tunnel, and we can use all the puns that we like here, but um, thankfully there is, um, the the contract I understand with the Superloo and with that provider is coming to an end. So I think, now the stars have aligned in terms of Um, creating a solution for the fact that Clannacilty, one of the most important towns in West Cork, doesn't have public conveniences and that is where this idea of the um, artistic style um, toilet, which a very famous example is in Cowacow in New Zealand and and this is kind of where this idea came from. My sister, who's lived in New Zealand for six years, uh, there was a a nearby town up near the Bay of uh, Islands called Kawakawa, and The only reason, and this has been confirmed by people who have contacted me since I've ran the social media post, the only reason people visit this town is to go and look at the public conveniences, which are designed by an Austrian artist. They're something um, I'd imagine that you'd see in, in like, a Gaudi design in Barcelona. Not everyone is a fan of the design, I'll have to admit that, but it was the concept really that grabbed my attention. These toilets are fully accessible, um, to all people with all different uh, mobility issues, fully accessible, and um, they just look stunning. So people were actually visiting this town called Kawakawa to see the toilets, and I just thought, look, here is another fantastic reason for people to visit Clannacilty while also solving a problem that needed to be solved.
2: And it would also tie in nicely because obviously being radio, we can't uh, show pictures of them. We will later on online, but they kind of have a jungle theme effect as well. And and I've seen something similar to this being used as well in the Gold Coast in Australia. So that would tie in nicely with Clannacilty because you have a jungle theme around the town at the moment anyhow
4: yeah we have here for quite a few years now we have the jungle city animal trail and um, this is where uh, kids and adults like can go into the local tourist office or, or hotel they can pick up a brochure and they can go search for i think it's about 12 um, animals, all endangered, endangered, endangered animals, uh, such as the hornbill, uh, the Asian elephant, um, the orangutan. There's a whole host of um, of, uh, of animals that you can go and search around the town. So, it would it, uh, it could potentially, if the design was right, it could tie in with that. But I guess here's where the potential is endless. Uh, we in Kilty are very, very lucky to be. Rich, and not just County Kilty but the surrounding area of West Cork, rich in artistic talent, and there's really a, a great opportunity here for uh, an artist to showcase um, their talent and their abilities. So it could be run in the form of a, a competition. And the other thing that this ties into is the fact that the OPW schemes, any OPW flood flood schemes, they can assign. Um, if there's a will there, they can assign one percent of the entire fund of the scheme to artistic projects. Now, to my knowledge, there is no artistic project in Kilty yet that has availed of this funding. But the entire cost of the floodworks in Kilty, I think, is in the region of sixteen million, and one percent of sixteen million is one hundred and sixty thousand. You could build a house for that. So I'm sure that we could design a proper, accessible, and stunning-looking um, uh, artistic-style uh, public conveniences. Perhaps in the same place where the Superloo was,
2: and as the contract ends for the Superlu, any time frame on this? I mean, could it happen within the next year, or would you say longer?
4: I, well, here's where the, the the timeline depends on us, I suppose, as a community. What I would be proposing is that we hold a public meeting that can be in the form of a webinar. Um, obviously, we need to comply with COVID restrictions, but uh, we we hold we hold a public meeting. We see what interest is out there. So far, the interest on social media has been phenomenal. So I have no doubt that we'll be able to put. A committee together. I've already spoke to the county council about this. They have. They were the ones who uh, pointed out the fact that there may be one percent funding from the OPW. Um, obviously, council uh, funding at the moment is quite tight because of um, loss in budget due to rates. But um, timelines. I think. Look, we've heard from the uh, Taoiseach recently that any shovel-ready projects, you know, there, there will be funding made available. So if we can get this shovel-ready, set up a committee, um, do part eight planning from the council, ha- run some type of competition artist competition and who knows uh, by next year we may have have something much better in place than these super loos that have caused everyone so much trouble.
2: Okay, and we'll, we'll see what happens. It is a good idea. If mean, there's a, a lack or a need for a public toilet, why not make it into a tourism attraction as well? So that that's a good one for Clonakilty. Hopefully other towns could find something like this. Uh, before I let you go briefly, uh, Christopher, I have to ask you, because a lot of texts coming in. Uh, first week as part of a government, not a great star for Micheál Martin or Fina Foyle, Barry Cowan and the uh, drink driving incident, Billy Kelleher failing to quarantine after returning from Brussels. A lot of our listeners felt yesterday may have heard this, that it was one rule for them and one rule for us. But in relation to Barry Cowan, even though uh, Fianna Fáil is saying the matter has been dealt with uh, at that particular time. Drink driving, as you well know, is a dividing issue in rural Ireland and so many road safety groups are now calling uh, for his resignation. Should he resign from his ministerial post?
4: Well, first of all, look, I'm certainly not going to defend uh, Barry Cohen or his actions. And I know that he has apologised profusely. Um, you know, he's had to deal with a lot of embarrassment, which I know is very small. Thankfully, there was no one um, injured uh, during this, or, or even worse, killed during this event. Um, but he has apologised. I, for one, accept his apology. I know he's going to make a statement in the dilator. I w- c- will not, for one second, defend his actions. Hopefully, out of this, um, we might uh, all learn, I suppose, that we shouldn't do this, and this is something that we really shouldn't do, and other people might take note from, I suppose, the embarrassment and what he's had to put up with. Um, but should he resign? Look, I, I-, I think... I'll go along with the Taoiseach and uh, our coalition partners here. They've accepted his apology. They won't be calling for uh, his his resignation. But, I, but I, should we hold
2: Sackham, Christopher, because if if yourselves and the letters are coming out now saying you're going to really toe the party line, does that not show, though, a disrespect to those road victims who have died at the hand of drink drivers?
4: Listen, I, I look, I, I accept um, uh, Minister Cohen's apology. Um, and, I accept, and, and again, I want to reiterate, I am not defending his actions. Or what he, what he's done, but um, he's making a statement in the doyle later this evening. I'll, I'll listen with interest uh, to what he he has had to say. Um, but listen, I, I, as from from my knowledge, um, the Taoiseach and the coalition partners have accepted his apology, and to date are not looking for his 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 uh, resignation.
2: You're happy here for, for him to stay, even though he has done wrong and broke the law.
4: I'm happy to hear his his statement in the in the doyle later today. Interested to hear what he has to say. I do accept his apology but I, I want to reiterate again I'm not for one second defending um, his actions or, or what he's done
2: Ok well, we'll leave it there Christopher we'll wait and see what happens later uh, Thank you for joining us and let us know what happens in regards to the uh, new tourist attraction for Kilty with regards to public loose, which are, are a talking point at the moment for so many towns and uh, for the moment thanks for joining us you, Deputy, Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan uh, who is the Fianna Fáil Deputy for Cork South West Good morning to you John Paul McNamara with you Until 1 in for Patricia Messenger today and Bernie and Sadie taking your calls and comments to 1850 333 103 and you can text a WhatsApp 086 to 103 103 you can tweet across the morning to at c103 cork or email jp at c 103ie now some advice for Alan our listener earlier who wrote us a letter in he's having trouble sleeping at night he gets a pain from his arm down to his legs and it's he's been told it's restless leg syndrome now the reason he's asking for help is he's finding it hard to sleep and it's affecting his daily life so he's asking us to ask listeners for your advice and you have and thank you for that so for those who've been in a similar situation some people have come back with something that they have found has worked for them I will keep that question we will put it to Annalisa next week uh, but Alan for the moment here's what people have come up with themselves that has helped them so maybe others listening as well in that situation this could be of help for you uh, first of all text are here saying uh, for Alan not to eat chocolate or anything sweet including cream whipped or otherwise Wise, as if he has two uh, to, to eat this or even to attend the doctor and his meds aren't working they could ask this at the chemist as well is there anything that could help him but for this person eating chocolate or anything sweet including whipped cream uh, that could be leading to something uh, like what he has. Uh, restless legs a person here is saying I got tested for vitamin D deficiency and it cured it. Also magnesium is important for the muscles. Hope Alan gets sorted. It might be worth getting blood tests done but specifically asking. Asking for a vitamin D test as that isn't part of routine blood tests uh, with GPs says Angela and Angela said because she was very low on vitamin D she now takes a daily uh, supplement and she's good at the moment so thank you Angela for that Margaret saying for restless legs try magnesium they're available in tablet form uh, 250 um, I have got in a, in a pack I presume I take one each night and it's also available in spray uh, so that has relieved me uh, says Margaret uh, When it comes to coffee a few people texting in about coffee and could that be affecting uh, Alan uh, with his restless legs and unable to get a night's sleep and there's nothing worse uh, than if you have worked the next day uh, you're lying in the bed you're looking at the ceiling and you know it's 3am or 2am and you have to be up at 6 uh, or whatever time you're up at and you just know you won't get enough sleep and you're going to be very very tired the next day and it's going to affect your work performance well uh, Geraldine O'Shea on uh, Texas is saying find out when is the last cup of coffee that Alan drinks in the evening that could be a reason to what is causing his restless legs and a lot of people have come back asking when uh, does Alan have his final cup of tea or cup of coffee as uh, a lot of people have stopped drinking tea or coffee beyond 6 o'clock and they've got rid of this particular issue that they had similar to Alan so some advice there uh, for Alan on that blood tests when you drink your coffee last a cup of coffee and also magnesium tablets might be worth uh, checking out as well for you Alan any more on that if you've been in a situation where you are like Alan have restless legs can't sleep it's affecting your daily life let us know uh, call Bernie or Sadie 1850 333 103 and with regards to the travel restrictions we mentioned earlier as well uh, a text here uh, saying that they had booked a holiday in Lanzarote and it was booked since the last January they had flights worth almost 2000 euros paid for. Now Ryanair began flying again on the 1st of July and their flight was booked for the 2nd. We did not go as we weren't comfortable to fly and would not take any chance to put anybody else at risk. But where do I stand now with Ryanair? We had insurance coverage uh, to 2,000 euros. Now I'm not too sure if you've been in touch with Ryanair on this and you told them about the situation because the carrier has uh, come out in the last week and they have more staff working on refunds to customers uh, who weren't able to go on their particular flights or Flights were cancelled between March and June but I'm not too sure if you have been in touch with them. I know uh, for people that we've dealt with in the past they have made contact with Ryanair one way or another. Difficult it was to make contact but they did. Uh, Some were successful in getting some type of refund or a voucher. Uh, Some were not. So I'm not too sure if you were in touch with them or if they gave you a voucher for another travel trip later on or if they just simply said you were booked to go, the flight left, so because of that we're not going to give you a refund. Uh, it, it depends on, on what contact you had with them. But if if you haven't made contact, I would suggest maybe you do so uh, as soon as you can. They have said to us they have more staff back now working, so a contact should be made easier to uh, to get in touch with them. So let us know on that one. We'll we'll, we'll Check in with Ryanair again to see what happens in that particular situation. Uh, Going back to the conversation, the many calls we got earlier on, and this was to do with Barry Cowan, of course, who's making a statement later in the dull. Uh, regarding uh, the situation he found himself in about four years ago uh, when he was stopped for drink driving uh, on a motorway going back to Offaly. Anyhow, uh, a lot of calls and comments on this uh, regarding uh, the situation, the story that is still ongoing this morning. Uh, on this, a texter saying people up and down the country are shocked to think that Barry Cowan was driving up and down to the doll on a provisional licence and yesterday Leo and the boys don't seem anything wrong with that. I think it's important that the Minister for Agriculture be legally compliant too and if not it will catch up with him sooner or later Pat says at this stage Cowan has to go his position is just untenable end of says Pat while Mick says in relation to that particular case I do pose the following question why was this not raised for the last four years he was a TD for all of this time remember what was done to Minister Fitzgerald she was ruined and had to step down as Minister she was then later cleared but this was too late for her says Mick on text to 0862103 103 while another text are saying I have listened to the reports about Minister Cowan initially. I was shocked to hear about his drink driving, but now I feel that has turned into a witch hunt. Leave him do his job and judge him on that. Everybody has a history and makes mistakes. Let the person who has never made any mistakes cast the first stone. Uh, While another person on this uh, saying I am sick to death of you challenging Barry Cowan, attacking this minister, it's disgraceful. Why do you continue to attack those who are in our government over the years while this n- another text no name on this if you want to text in names as well we're I mean, sending these in uh, so we can add your name to the particular text uh, this person says uh, good morning you had a man on there with you that was Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan he's the Fianna Fáil Deputy for Cork South West and I listened with interest now my question is why couldn't he be honest with you JP you asked him an honest question and all you got back was waffle are all these Fianna Fáil TDs the same uh, while And same by accepting his apology, that is again when I was speaking with Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan and what he said, and and he's waiting to hear what. Uh, is going to be said later on this afternoon in the Dáil Bush uh, and saying by accepting his apology, he is defending him. Anyone who is over the limit or driving on a provisional licence has to face the full law, not just apologise and be embarrassed. It wasn't a lapse of judgement. It was an informed choice. And on WhatsApp, uh, this lad, of course, again, Barry Cown, who who broke the law drink driving, if that was me or the normal people in this country, who, by the way, pay the TD's wages, we would be the ones now, without a job, he should go. And a lot of people making that point, that that was somebody working in the private sector, in a private company, and it was found out at the time or later, uh, you would be sanctioned or sacked from your role. There was comments there on with regards to Barry Cowan. We'll have to wait and see what he says later on when he addresses the doll on that particular issue. I'm very sure you're going to be speaking with Dermot Gush uh, from TotalHealthCover.ie and this is something everybody needs to watch out for when you're getting your health insurance renewals because it seems now... Uh, some health insurance could be changing the cover. So you might have had cover for something last year, might be reduced in some way this year, and you have to watch your renewals. But John and Donnell said he paid his health insurance last week. Uh, he's with Irish Life Health. It went up €60 euro from last year. He asked his broker why the companies were not covering the COVID test and was told uh, the brokers were not told anything about this and, and, their, and their particular decision. The first he heard about this particular test was when it was on the news. Uh, he's asking why. Why indeed or will the charge ever be covered for this particular test and could that particular COVID test apply to public as well as private hospitals, something we will discuss uh, shortly with Dermot in connection uh, with that situation on the tests. If you're going to a a private hospital for a procedure in the next few weeks, you will be asked three or four days beforehand to go for a COVID-19 test. Unfortunately though, you'd have to pay for that yourself and health insurance companies are not paying for that particular test for you. It's not being covered by health insurance companies for the moment. They are looking into it for the moment. They're not going to cover that though for you. And on the HSC, who have just officially launched the COVID tracking app uh, this morning, just in the last few minutes, uh, the majority of people when we asked earlier, is anybody an issue with downloading the app? And the majority of people don't. No one has an issue with uh, from our from the texts and calls we have got in. No one has an issue with downloading the app. There was concerns about data, but the The majority of listeners are saying, no, I have other apps on my phone that take my dash, so why would I worry about this one? Uh, Liam Herrick, though, from the Irish Council of Civil Liberties, uh, he's saying that essentially this is a surveillance device and he's disagreeing with a lot of people this morning. Here's what he said earlier. Which
5: might be justified if we could see that it definitely would have a significant benefit. However, the research, including research carried out in Ireland, casts a very significant doubt over whether this technology is going to work in the field. And I think we still have not seen evidence that shows this will make the evidence that has been claimed for it in actually supporting the tracing operation.
2: Well, the majority of people have no issue downloading that app, and that is uh, evidence from the amount of downloads it has received so far. And many listeners are saying they have no issue as they have downloaded other apps who also... Look for their location and their history and their photos and that type of thing. But one text from Mary who's saying, I heard you speaking about the app earlier and downloading this tracing app. Well, best of luck where I live here in Cork. I can't get 4G, I can't get 3G, and I simply just cannot download the app. So, best of luck tracking us. C103 Jobs. And on today's job spots, we have an opportunity for an assistant to early years teacher required in the Bween area. Send your CV to lynda.brown79 at gmail.com. Chuck Ultra in Newmarket has a vacancy for a healthcare assistance with QQI Level 5. If you can phone them on 029. 61166 or email your CV and a cover letter to info at trackultra.ie and a fuller part-time mechanic is wanted for the Rathcormack area you can call 87 6470 nine. you get these jobs and more online now just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. court
1: today on c103 call patricia with your comment 1850 333
2: 103 health insurers have reduced benefits on some plans and it may hit consumers at renewal times health expert dermot good from total health Cover.ie joins me on this good morning to you dermot Good
5: morning, John Paul.
2: Uh, First of all, how has this come about? I mean, are health insurance saving money because of what has happened over the last year for months? Or or why have they decided to do this now? Because, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of us get our documentation from the health
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about Work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
0: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ
2: insurance companies we don't already look into detail on what has changed cover-wise from one year to the other a lot of people just look at the main page and what the premium has increased by
5: yeah no john paul that's exactly the risk here um because look the insurance companies are reviewing their plans and benefits all the time and um and what's happened is uh, so Leia healthcare have now reduced the benefits on three of their plans now to be fair VHI and Irish Life already have this type of, um, let's just say, shortfall on most of their plans already. So, you know, it is Leia following suit. But for members of these plans, they more than likely will miss this. They they just look at the premium. They don't read the small print. So effectively what's happened is here, Leia have some very good plans. Um, two in particular, one is called 360 Care. So that's 360 Care and 360 Care Select. And what they've done... Up until now, John Paul, these plans fully covered you for a private room in every private hospital and pretty much covered every condition. But now Leia are introducing shortfalls on this plan for hip replacements, knee replacements and shoulder replacements, and also for certain optomic um, eye care procedures. So what it means is that people who are on those plans who, for example, would have been fully covered for a hip replacement, which usually costs 15000 they now may have to find 3,000 euro themselves. There will be a 20% shortfall on their plan. Now, it's a small list of procedures. We estimate there's about 20 procedures on the list. But we think people there's a risk here people will miss this. And they've also brought it in on another plan called Simply Health Choice. So all I'd say to your listeners, if they're on one of those plans, um, it's being phased in from renewal. In fairness to Leah, they have lots of other plans where you can still keep the full cover. But if you miss this, you could find yourself in a in a serious shortfall scenario, which nobody wants. So we're just warning people on the 360 care, 360 care select or the Simply Health Choice scheme. If you're not happy with that change, get somebody to review your cover for you straight away because you can avoid the shortfall. But if you miss it and you renew on the plan, now you have it and then it could be too late. So it's really just it's a warning. VHI also, John Paul, there are. Um, They're making changes. So they they had two very old dated plans. One was called Health Plus Choice, which is a very old plan, very expensive, by the way. It was nearly €3,000. And another plan called the Forward Plan. But what they've actually done is they basically have withdrawn those plans from the market, and they've replaced them with another plan called Advanced Care Extra, and all I'd say to John Paul, it's, it's good cover, but it's very expensive cover. And we would advise anybody, in fact, any member, who, any person who has health insurance, who gets a notification from their insurance company that their plan is being withdrawn, we had always advise them, never just accept the plans that they suggest for you. You should always review your cover options, because the likelihood is there are other plans out there that might offer you far better value and um, that you need to consider, first of all. So once again, any VHI member on that help plus choice which is the old plan C or the forward plan don't just accept that new plan that they're offering because it's a very expensive cover check the market first of all because there are plans out there John Paul that are half the price of this new plan so definitely worth shopping around. So it's really just to make your listeners aware of those changes.
2: And is this something we're going to see into the future from when we get our renewals? I mean, I presume when these changes have come out, they don't stay in the letter with your pack that you get from either Layer or VHI or whoever, that they have reduced and that there will be shortfalls and changes to your documentation and, and within the policy.
5: Yeah to, to be fair to them um, John Paul they actually would have put it in the documentation but look you know consumer behavior what most consumers do is they just look at the premium
2: yeah in you look words, at the first page much, you don't look you don't exactly. go into the details of the document on no. that first page they don't highlight that there's a change
5: yeah, what they'll do is, so they they will usually put something in there, look with central bank guidelines. And to be fair to the insurance companies, they don't want to mislead people. They want people to know that there is a change. The problem is a lot of consumers don't even open the renewal documentation. Mm. They just don't look at it. They leave it to somebody else. Or when they do look at it, they simply look and see what is the actual cost and how much is that compared to last year and can they afford to renew. Most people don't read the fine print. And so it's more a risk, really, I suppose, maybe consumer inertia. People are busy with other things, and they might miss this shortfall. So, but to be fair, the insurance companies will have it in the documentation. But, like, for example, John Paul, VHI members right now, I mean, there's lots of confusion in the market because VHI members are getting their renewal notices right now. And it looks like their premium has come down compared to last year. Um, because what VHI are doing is they're taking these once-off rebates that people are getting because the private hospitals weren't fully available. Well, VHI, people are, are due to get some small refunds back. VHI are taking those refunds off the renewal premium, so it looks for most people that the, the cost of their plan has permanently reduced with VHI, which is absolutely not the case. So, for example, anybody on the old Plan B options, Help Plus Extra, the cost of that plan is two thousand five hundred and eighty-two. So people getting the renewal notices now, they think it's come down to 2,393. It hasn't. It's a temporary reduction. But next year, that plan will still be 2,000, we'll say 600 euro plus the increase over the next year. So really, anybody who gets any documentation from the insurance companies, I mean, you've heard me say this before, John Paul, if you're on the same plan for three or four years or more, if you're not on a corporate plan, if you haven't reviewed your cover in a long, long time, the odds are you're significantly overpaying. And a lot of people, and here's a real risk now, John Paul, is a lot of your listeners, particularly older listeners, who may be getting these small refunds from the insurance companies, and because they're getting the refunds, they do nothing. They just let their cover roll over because everybody likes a refund. What they don't realize is that if they did a proper review of their cover, they might be able to save three to four times that refund by going on to a much better plan with much better benefits. And I would urge anybody now who knows their parents, their elderly parents are on very dated cover. You know, a lot of now young people, sons and daughters, are actually doing the reviews for their parents. They're sitting with them and they're going through with them, with the insurance companies or their brokers on the phone or whatever, because they can help them save thousands, but a lot of older people are afraid to change. And in fairness, it's great to see, I suppose, their younger family members holding their hands and walking them through the process because the savings in some cases are just phenomenal but a lot of people are missing out on that.
2: Yeah, we could have a situation next year then where people are asking why has my premium gone up when as you say it really hasn't it's just gone down for this year uh, by way of refunds but there's so much out there at the moment by way of offers I suppose the best thing to do is, is to read the documentation the cover you have and compare that with what you have at the moment. So if there's a change, you'll spot that change. And, and as you mentioned, there's a load of websites on delay, on the VHI in Irish Life. They do that themselves on yourtotalhealthcover.ie. You can compare then if there is a change and you know then if, if change has taken place this year for you rather than you being caught out.
5: Yeah, and you know what? One thing, John, how we say to everybody, when you get your renewal notice in from an insurance company for, for your health insurance, if you're happy with the plan, you know, and you're you know you're not really, you don't think you need a review... We just say to people, you should actually phone up your insurance company and just say, listen, I've got my renewal notice in. I'm thinking of renewing as is. Has anything changed over last year? Now, they will say to you, oh, if you read through the documentation, you'll see that. All you have to say is, well, no, look, you know the plans. You you can, you, you can see my policy. You tell me. Is my policy the exact same as last year or have you removed or changed any of the benefits? And they have to tell you. So rather than you trying to read through reams of documentation and understand everything, we just say to people, listen, one phone call to your insurance company will sort that for you. But, And what I would say to all your listeners, and people would say he would say this, but you know what, John Paul, health insurance now has got very complex and it's got very expensive and it's going to get more expensive now. Um, we have no doubt about that because of the way costs are going to go. And people, you know, most people will review their car insurance and their home insurance don't think of health insurance any differently. It is just an insurance policy. And if, if it states that something is covered on the policy, it doesn't matter which insurer it is, it is covered. Um, and the legislation is very, very tight on this. So it's a very well-regulated market. So people should have confidence in switching. And if you don't like what your current insurance company is offering you, and there's a much better deal out there from somebody else, well, you should check that out thoroughly. And if you are confused or if you're worried or you want to get somebody else to do it, there are loads of brokers out there who specialize in this area. So, you know, look, have them do the heavy lifting for you. You know, if, if you can reduce your premium from 2,500 euro down to 1,500, 1,600 euro per adult, it's definitely worth doing. And, and just, once again, those rules of thumb, John Paul, if anybody's paying more than 1,800 euro per adult, if they're not on a corporate plan, and people get confused on this now, don't confuse a group scheme with a corporate plan. People are in group schemes, getting no extra benefits. They're on the most dated plans and they think they're getting a preferential deal. They're not at all. So these are corporate plans that are specifically designed for the company-paid sector, but anybody can join these plans. So if you're not on a modern corporate plan, you really need to check these out because these plans are the best value schemes from the insurance companies right across the market, and anybody can join them, uh, John Pollard, whether they're 26 or 96. So people really need to check out those schemes. But if you shop around each year, you're going to get phenomenal value If you let it auto-renew, and the insurance companies love if you do, excuse me, if you let it auto-renew, the odds are you'll be overpaying each year.
2: Yeah, so basically the big thing at the moment is make sure you watch your insurance premium when it comes in and and check the documentation. That is a good sign. Ring ring the insurance company and say to them uh, what has changed as well. Just a few questions in here. First of all, Dermot, Anula in Mallow is asking about VHI maternity benefits. She does not want it as she is at pension age, but she cannot get through to them on the phone. Uh, In her situation, what can she do? It's, It's included obviously in her policy.
5: It is. Do you know what, John Paul, it's included on every policy. Now, and the insurance companies probably don't explain this properly. So all these benefits, psychiatric, alcoholism, maternity, convalescence, they must be included on every plan due to legislation called minimum benefit legislation. So if what I'd say to all of your listeners, if they see any benefits on their plans that do not apply to them, just ignore them. Um, they make no difference to your premium. You can't remove them from the policy because actually there's a very good reason why the insurance companies are compelled under legislation to make sure they cover minimum benefits. So I would just say to people who see anything like that on the plan, just ignore it. It makes no difference to the premium. You can't remove it from the policy. So as I say, don't don't give it a second thought.
2: Okay, and very finally, Mr. just in connection with the the situation we've heard this week, this is how people who are going for a procedure in a private hospital, uh, they'd be required to have a COVID-19 test beforehand, uh, which might take place three or four days before your operation. But uh, this could cost anything from €75 to €300, from what we're hearing from our listeners anyhow. uh, At the moment, the insurance companies aren't going to cover this. Will they in the future, because it's the person who is paying their insurance company has chosen to go to the this particular hospital, the insurance company will either cover all or some of the operation, uh, but not this uh, particular test.
5: Yeah, no, this is one of these unintended consequences now of, of the COVID-19 um, crisis. So what we understand at the moment, John Paul, is that the insurance companies are engaged with the health insurance companies or sorry, with the private hospitals right now to see exactly what they're going to do on this so we don't have we don't have a, I suppose an outcome from those discussions as of yet it's a real challenge for both parties because the private hospitals have to basically test everybody to make sure anybody coming in that it's safe for them and obviously safe for the patients and the clinicians and so on. And there is significant extra costs, lab costs and so forth, to do this properly. Um, at the same time, the health insurance companies didn't really have any visibility on this charge, so literally, I suppose, it has just crept up on them. And um, and they now have to understand, well, exactly what you said there, well, why? how come there's a variance? Why are some hospitals charging 300, some maybe less than that? So they have to understand the nature of the charges, how the charges are arrived at, can they, I know what they'll try and do first of all, they'll try and see can they work with the hospitals to reduce or alleviate some of those costs and hopefully there's going to be probably one of three outcomes here, um, John Paul, number one is basically they're going to either fully cover these as part of let's just say your hospital claim, number two they may partially cover it as part of your end of year outpatient claim, that might mean you might get 50-75% back. Or else they may not cover it at all. Um, and I suppose the irony is here is that the insurance companies have given people money back by way of refunds, and you know a lot of people are getting maybe one hundred and fifty, two hundred and fifty back. But now this new charge that they've no visibility on has now suddenly landed on their table, so that could wipe out those savings pretty quickly. So we're hoping that this will be resolved by the end of this week. Hopefully, where basically it'll be fully covered. But if it is fully covered, consumers need to watch this space because if that is fully covered by, by the health insurance companies, it'll be an extra cost, which will no doubt get passed on to consumers over time. So people just need to be very careful, but hopefully we'll have a satisfactory outcome later this week.
2: And John and O'Donnell then asking, as we're speaking about private hospitals, if someone is going to a public hospital for a procedure, but it's been covered uh, under private health insurance, the same would apply to that for the COVID-19 test, I presume, would it?
5: Well now here's where it's interesting. you see under legislation the h s e the charges for public hospitals are set by the h s e and they are covered by the health insurance companies right now, the all inclusive charge for somebody going into a public hospital is one hundred sorry eighty euro per night up to eight hundred euro in any one year if they go in as a public patient, if they basically opt to go private, well then that charge goes from eighty euro to eight hundred and thirteen. But, John Paul, it's an all-inclusive charge. So, effectively, if there are any extra costs on the HSE for COVID-19 testing or everything, it must be included in that. Now, it's at the minister's behest to, to review those charges, and normally that's done on the 1st of January each year. Now, those charges haven't increased for the last three or four years. But in the current, you know, environment that we live in, we can't take anything for granted. And we could also see those charges being increased later in the year. And unfortunately for consumers, once again, if they are increased, the law states that the health insurance companies have to cover those charges. And if that happens, that will get passed on to consumers. So there's a lot of unknown, let's just say, issues or variables going on in the market right now that could impact on costs. But for the moment, anybody going into a public hospital uh, there should be no extra charges for them if they're being admitted to do a COVID-19. Um, but that's at the moment. The private hospitals, some of them have moved to pass on those charges. Some, some by the way, haven't moved to pass on the charges just yet until they conclude the negotiations. So we just have to wait and see what happens there. Hopefully, from my perspective, John Paul, we always want to see, you know, that people who have health insurance, we like this idea of certainty of cover. So if I'm being admitted to hospital, I want my plan to fully cover me. Hopefully that will still be the case in the next couple of weeks when they when they reach a conclusion on these discussions.
2: Okay, very finally, uh, someone texting in here, do you get the feedback that you have to pay before an operation from the insurance? So I presume this is if you uh, have insurance, you paid for a particular operation, will they refund you? Would that, would that come under the, depending on the operation, the end of the year expenses that you send in?
5: No, do you know what, John Paul? That should never happen, really, because you see, if you're going into if you're going into hospital to have a a, a day case procedure like a colonoscopy or a yeah. gastroscopy, or if you're being admitted to hospital, normally what happens is that each of the insurance companies have direct payment agreements with the hospital, so you should sign the claim form on admission. And then what will happen is the, the hospital will send those bills direct to the insurance company and they pay the hospital directly on your behalf. The only time there's usually a payment requested is if there's an excess on your policy. So some people have small excesses, maybe €50, euro up to maybe €150 euro per claim um, in a private hospital only. The private hospitals will normally ask you to pay that, but the bill itself could, could run into thousands and that will be billed directly. It will be very unusual for a private hospital or any hospital to request upfront payment from somebody who has insurance. And if you have insurance, you really should not be paying upfront. You should be checking that directly with your insurance company and those bills should go directly. If somebody has been asked to pay upfront and they've done that, John Paul, they need to engage with their health insurer immediately to make them aware of that because what will happen is the hospital will get paid twice and now that person will have to go and seek a refund they need to get onto their health insurance company straight away
2: Yeah that sounds kind of messy uh, when that happens anyhow Dermot uh, thank you for the advice and we'll chat again soon uh, Dermot Good there uh, from TotalHealthCover.ie and if anybody wants more information you can log on to that particular website from Dermot TotalHealthCover.ie Dermot thank you and we'll chat to you soon Thank you
5: my pleasure uh, thank Take you.
2: care there uh, On the way we're going to hear and this is a, a really good story from a young lad in Kinsale on why he is going to cycle three kilometres a day for 33 days we'll hear from his dad next You're you're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
1: Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086
2: 2103 103. 103. We had a few calls in last week and this was in connection with people who were renewing their motor tax. And you know when you get your motor tax renewal, if you get it in the post, you usually get a letter back uh, or a letter or an envelope included with the actual renewal letter. And that envelope is basically saying free post to post the information back if you do it that way. Uh, but people have noticed over the last while, while they are getting a reminder uh, in the post, they are not getting that free post letter. So... We decided to get on to uh, Cork County Council who look after the motor tax side of things here in Cork County and uh, they did come back to us and this is one of the reasons why because first of all the Department of Transport, Tourism and Sport uh, office which is located in Shannon in County Clear, that ensures that all customers nationwide whose tax has expired get a reminder via email or indeed through unpost. Now a return envelope is only included with the paper reminder if the customer taxes at the local motor tax office or elects not to engage with the online system. Uh, so if that is the case, if you have said online that you were just going to renew online or choosing the online option for next year that is one of the reasons why you won't then get a return envelope and in time I presume you'll just get an email notification then saying that you have to renew uh, your motor tax Anyhow, Cork City Council's motor tax public counter hours they're currently now running from 9.15 to 1am daily and you can always tax your vehicle as well they say on motortax.ie but regarding the situation of the return envelope it is only included with the paper reminder if you tax your vehicle in your local local motor tax office or indeed you elect not to engage with the online system. So that's to the query there in relation to uh, calls we had last week from people who were not receiving uh, their motor tax uh, letter or envelope within the renewal. 1850 lines open. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 or indeed email us across the morning, jp at c103.ie. Now we've got a number of calls from Fermoy yesterday afternoon. And indeed, again, this morning, this is regarding a number of parking spaces which have been removed, uh, from the town. People were asking why that uh, is happening and, and why have they basically removed these parking spaces. Uh, Thomasina joins me on the line from Fermoy on this particular issue. Good morning to you. Good morning, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. And thanks for joining us. Okay, these parking spaces. First of all, are you a business in Fremoy? Yes, I am. And what is your business or type of business? I'm
7: a beauty therapist retail.
2: And is your therapy saloon, is it based on on a street where these particular spaces have been cornered off? Uh,
7: no, it's further up. It's on the main thoroughfare of Fremoy Town, Patrick Street.
2: And these spaces, uh, listeners are telling us, they're their prime location in that particular shopping area. So people who are going to call to you, uh, they would obviously park there and then call into you. Would, would I be correct in saying that?
7: Um, they could or they have the local car park on nearer to the marked side of the town than the middle of the town. But uh, where these parking spaces are, you have the banks, you have pharmacies. You have deals. You have uh, Hickey's Fashion. You've an optician there, and uh, like I'm thinking of elderly people that would come in just, you know, make a quick visit to these shops. That probably would spend probably an hour. That uh, this parking is now gone from them. Also, there's elderly people living on that street. So if there's an ambulance called to the to them, if there's an accident or someone of them gets sick. Uh, the ambulance now has nowhere to park, only on the main street, on the N72 road, going through the town. So there'd be major blockage. So it doesn't make sense, really, to take these prime locations on the main street. What we're trying to do in Formite is encouraging people to shop uh, locally. And, like, if I was coming to my town, I'd, I'd keep going because you can't park on the main street.
2: Because there always was an issue with parking in Fermoy and, and traffic problems in the town as well. And as you mentioned, people are going to go, go back and want to shop locals. So do you feel now, because of what they have done, it's going to turn people off and as you try and reopen your business and others do the same, that it's going to hamper you reopening your your, your store?
7: Um, it will, because... Um, they, like, you go to Rathcormac, which is a small village. They have a pharmacy. They have a coffee shop, they have a little restaurant, they have a pub that's opened now with a restaurant. They have a central store out there. So, like, a lot of the small villages around now have um, other, uh, are more equipped to accommodate people. So they don't need to come to the main town anymore, you know. And with shopping online, we need these parking spaces uh, opened up again.
2: So you're fighting more than ever, as are your fellow business people in Frome, to keep the town open, to keep businesses open, to bring people in. But you feel this decision by the council is just going to stop people from from driving in because of what they have done, removing those particular car spaces. So you, would you yes. appeal for them to reopen the particular spaces again as soon as they can? Yes,
7: I would. I like originally the idea was for social distancing. We don't have the population in Frome. Like our streets are not busy; there's plenty of room. And the footpaths are wide enough for people to walk, you know, to avoid one another. And this is ridiculous. It might be suitable for the cities, like Cork City or the bigger town. Uh, but that's suitable for, for there The restaurant where, uh, is across the road, so I don't think they'll be running across the road to put tables and be serving food at this side of the, of the street. And um, I just think overall it Not good. There's another section then um, bollard off again where you turn up for the library and that angle is very tight at the best of times and these bollards are now out and it's making it difficult again uh, to get up to the library.
2: OK, well we did get on to Cork County Council uh, just within the last uh, few hours they have come back yeah. to us with a response you mentioned it there about social distancing that's one of the reasons they're saying they're working to implement national government guidelines in relation to COVID-19 in town centres right across yeah. the county. In Fermoy, this has included works carried out on the main street including a deep clean and decluttering removal of signs and bins uh, these measures along with the repurposing of parking spaces are to allow for two metres social distancing on footpaths and to enable. Enable people to shop locally in a safe manner. Details, they say, were provided in June by post to all residents affected by this. And Cork County Council requests that all holders of resident parking permits use council owned car parks where possible between the hours of 9 and 5, Monday to the Saturday. They say that these measures will allow for my reopen in a way that best meets the needs of all the users of the town. However, I presume business people would say no, it doesn't meet it doesn't, all the users. No.
7: Well, like they're on about social distancing. Then at St Anne's um, guest house there in Promoy, it's at the other side of the river. They have put in big concrete pipes and a uh, water trough, really, that you'd see in a farmer's field and planted it with tall grass. This now obscures uh, the view of people turning to go to Dublin, coming from the uh, Ballyduff side. Uh, they can't see the cars coming from over the bridge, heading to Dublin. And you're coming out onto a two-lane way, which is quite fast coming down the hill. So that's waiting for an accident to be happening to happen there. They've put in seating there. There's a little new coffee shop there. So they're um, social distancing in one section of the town and creating entertainment then and other sections of the town, so it doesn't kind of head up
2: really. Yeah, when they say safe, you, you might say they might say safe in some aspects, but not in respect yeah. to blocking yeah. motorist views if they can't yeah. see oncoming traffic. Okay, well, well, we'll say that to them when we, that they had, that's the the yeah. statement they have given and I think on that they're going to keep those parking spaces closed for the time being. I mean, have you reopened yeah. there yet? Are you still waiting have, for government to like No, you have I reopened. I have
7: reopened. I've got no government uh, guidelines or HSE or HSE guidelines lens, we were just
2: told to open up And how are you managing because obviously uh, uh, the type of treatments you do uh, you could say with regards to hairdressers, you're working more closely with people
7: Yes, I'm working more
2: face
7: uh, face on face really on a client because I do a lot of uh, needle electrolysis and I do a lot of facials and I'm protecting myself and hopefully I'm protecting the client because I need their face um, with no mask so it's difficult, but we're trying our best. But I'm allowing time, Then I have a uh, treatment room so I can allow, I can rotate my treatment rooms so that they're about an hour idle to give time to recover and sanitise. And but are you difficult. working longer
2: hours now because of all of this?
7: Yes, I work um, kind of from 8 to 8. And it's difficult, but then I'm only seeing about 7 or 8 clients, so it's, I'm not increasing my business.
2: And with regards to PPE, did it mean, I presume, are you wearing a visor or or masks all day?
7: I have a mask and I have a visor and uh, I wear a plastic apron as well.
2: And how were you able to get those? What were the difficult to obtain or are you okay? Uh,
7: I had to go to a nursing home to get uh, plastic aprons because I could get nothing in the trade that I work in. They were out of stock and they were not getting them back in until August. And um, my local undertaker, James Ronan, gave me the name of a guy in Cork where he has plastic aprons. So I was with him yesterday and I picked up some. But uh, the masks are difficult to get because what is being offered, they would literally eat the face off you when you're wearing them all day. They're very difficult to wear.
2: They are tough to wear masks all day long. Yeah.
7: Yeah, because I find now I was wearing one with a vent and my
2: face is on fire at the moment Okay and and are people then are you busy are people willing to come in or how is business going considering uh, people are some are worried about uh, the interaction following and and during COVID
7: Yes I'm very busy at the moment thank God for that and uh, hopefully it'll stay that way
2: Okay and just give a name there of your own health and beauty
7: It's Tamasina's Advanced Skincare and Beauty Think for my my, uh, I met it about twenty maybe twenty eight
2: years. So, so you're well experienced with dealing with everything, well but obviously the, it, yeah. the, the COVID situation has, has challenged you and many other businesses over the last number of years. Uh, well, we'll we'll see. I mean, it looks like the council are going to keep and leave those particular parking spaces yeah. closed anyhow. You have raised your concerns and they've given yeah. their answers in relation to two metre distancing. We'll see if there's any leadway on that over the next few weeks. And, and if they see, uh, as you say, if the streets aren't as busy uh, in Fermoy as other towns, if they take that into account for the moment. Thanks for raising that, Thomasina. Uh, uh, with us this morning. Uh, Thank you, Thomasina there in Fermoy. I mean, is is that an issue? It is an issue in other towns. We've had that in Bantry uh, and other areas who were trying to even bring social distancing uh, in restaurants, bring out the chairs on maybe a platform in a town, but they aren't allowed to do that as yet in some towns uh, and there's a concern of the closing of parking spaces in many other towns as well. They feel businesses could lose out. I mean, it's a happening in your area uh, from all there as you hear have concerns. Let us know. 1850 333 103. Text or WhatsApp 086 More of your calls and comments to come after C103 news at midday. Also our regular councillor Joe Heffernan joins us and we discuss resilience in young adults. That's on the way after midday. Good afternoon to you. It's John Paul McNamara in for a Patricia Messenger right through until 1. Bernie and Sadie continue to take your calls and comments this afternoon on 1850 333 103. Or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Now, a lot of calls and comments to catch up on. Just before 11, uh, we were dealing with various issues. And one of those uh, was regarding uh, Barry Cowan, of course, who is going to make a statement later uh, this afternoon in the doll on those drink driving charges that he faced a number of years ago, about four years ago. Just a number of comments have come in still regarding this. We'll just go through a few more of them. First of all, Tim and you all, who basically says, uh, for those people who are commenting on a Barry Common, he says, I wish these people would just let it go. This man was taken through the legal system and punished accordingly, same way everyone else is punished. Why should he now be treated differently from these people? Uh, and indeed the, a lot of these people that are contacting you are looking for blood let the man get on with his job and address the major problems that this country is facing the same people I have no doubt will be witch hunting others next week as soon as they have crucified Mr Cowan says Tim in Yule while Dermot Kelleher of the ICSA in West Cork says rural Ireland is dying the factories are squeezing the farmers uh, Dermot says he and others do not care at all about Barry Cowan and what he did four years ago as long as he can do his job now as Minister for Agriculture. Uh, Also on our letter we had from Alan Alan sent us a letter earlier on this morning um, and this basically was to do with the fact that he has restless legs it's a syndrome that he's been told he has and he finds it hard to sleep at night and because of that then it's affecting his everyday life if you go to work or his family life because he's not getting a good night's sleep it's just having a knock-on effect throughout his daily life so he's asking if anybody has any advice for him on how to deal with restless legs at night time a number of people have given ideas across the morning and here's more coming into us from Helen who says try this put a barrel of soap under your pillow for cramps so try it for restless legs don't knock it until you try it says Helen so there you go if you get cramps anybody get those cramps in your legs they're awful when you get them uh, but if you do put a barrel of soap under your pillow and maybe that will work as well for restless legs says Helen thank you for that magnesium powder with warm water says Margaret that helps me with restless legs while rosemary says i used to get the same symptoms as alan and i went to a sports therapist in the elysium and then that person gave me a number of exercises to do and that has helped me big time thank you rosemary for that some more ideas there and alan hopefully alan that will um i give you plenty of options over the next few days to try and deal with restless legs if you have something outside of those let us know we'll pass them on to Alan 1850 333, 103 on healthcare and health costs and those who are paying high premiums now when it comes to private health insurance uh, Willie has been on and Willie says he knows of a lady who was over 22 stone and was getting a gastric band fitted for health reasons now it cost her 3000 euros in Turkey but 15,000 euros here. Why does it cost so much more in Ireland for things here compared to countries abroad? And we have uh, discussed this before. Cheaper way of doing things in Turkey. There's a number of, of reasons why that is. Uh, maybe it's a cheaper country to, to run a health service in, lower wages. Uh, but the majority, uh, not all, but some of the procedures you can get done in Turkey are a lot cheaper uh, than here, will you all right and, and there is a number of factors and one of those is just the running of the country and wages there, uh, they will tell us when it comes to certain, not all, but certain procedures, you'll get people then who say, be careful if you go abroad uh, for work as well uh, to certain countries because it might not always work out as planned. Uh, but overall, people seem to be happy enough if they go to those type of countries for work. Uh, Mike in for my, Mike had uh, sciatica and uh, this is going back to our restless legs for Alan and this might be of... Uh uh, come for, for, to Alan as well or, or offer some advice to you Alan uh, and Mike says at night time for some reason it was much worse so what he used to do is he went down to using only one pillow and it did ease the pain so for someone with sciatica or even for Alan with the restless legs uh, maybe using one pillow that could ease the pain for you uh, maybe ease the that's a very annoying sensation when you have uh, Alan saying restless legs I'm not too sure of, about anybody else but uh, the odd time even I would get at this, you know, you get a nerve for your, your hand to a twitch or your your toes or your uh, sole of your foot would twitch and that can be very annoying and if you're trying to go to sleep and a twitching mad especially your legs or your foot it can, not that it would solely keep you awake, but it just can be annoying for you to nod off to sleep. So imagine restless legs being worse than that. Uh, so nothing worse uh, when you are working daily And you're lying there and something like that is annoying you and you just simply can't get to sleep. So uh, hopefully some of those suggestions will help you add in. I'm sure we'll get more across the course of the afternoon. And thank you for them. Uh, moving on to the public toilet situation. We discussed earlier how in Clonacilty now they're looking to address this. A lot of towns, a lot of across the city, but a lot of our county towns as well. Uh, the toilets, public toilets are closed due to COVID-19. So people that are trying to support local business are finding themselves uh, slow enough to do a long amount of time or a long uh, amount of shopping time in their particular town because they know the toilet isn't available. Businesses are good and the majority of businesses will let you use the toilet but maybe not everybody is going to be going into a restaurant and don't want to be asking them can I use your toilet when they're not using their services. Anyhow, on this, Tim says, my partner and I went to Cork yesterday to shop and our complete and utter disappoint- disappointment we found ourselves unable to access a loo as all loos are shut and closed up apparently due to COVID-19. Now, in my opinion, says Tim, if this is the case then these businesses should not be opened. They have an obligation to provide bathrooms that are functional if they're taking people's money. So I presume here, Tim, you mean maybe shopping centres. I know uh, toilets in shopping centres in the city centre, they do remain closed. And as you said, for COVID-19, Tim goes on to say, as for Cork County Council, he feels they're totally incompetent on this particular issue and should be made resign as they cannot put a place of basic provision for the general public who pay their wages and expenses, says Tim in Yall on text to oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. Well, on that issue uh, regarding the council, as I mentioned, Clonacilty there, they are looking into bringing a new type of public toilet to Clonicalty in the way of something that you would see in New Zealand. It'll be kind of a jungle theme, uh, public loo uh, available for all to use uh, and for all users of those particular public toilets. The super loo will be going soon in Clonakilty, and this will replace it. And if you have been to Clon or if you'd never have been to Clon, uh, you will know that the town has a lot of jungle features. If you've been there, you'll see as you drive in the number of jungle animals scattered across the town If you haven't, you might have seen them online. You can Google them and you'll get the pictures anyhow online. But uh, they're going to tie in that nicely with that jungle feature and have these similar type of public toilets. Very colourful, very kind of a display as you walk in as if you are out in a kind of a, a jungle or a kind of a, an Asian type country as you walk in beautiful displays are there and that's what they're hoping to do to Klan so not only will they reopen their public loos, they'll make it a tourist destination as well because there is an operation like this in New Zealand and people actually travel to this particular town in New Zealand to see their public loo so can you imagine people travelling to Klan to see a public loo because of the art form around that and there's plenty of artists around that can actually get involved in that as well, anyhow, that could be an option for other towns. But Tim, thank you for your text on toilets being closed in the city centre and also, of course, across county towns as well. And we spoke to Thomasina there before midday. She's a business in Fremoy, and they have taken a number of car spaces out of areas of Formoy. This has also been done in other towns. I know we spoke about Bantry a few weeks ago. Well, on this, a lot of people agreeing with her. Basically, one WhatsApper here saying I agree with that lady about. Parking. I go to Mitchellstown now. This is detrimental for a business in Formoy. The council would need to cop the hell on to that particular WhatsApper another person here on text saying the councillor or the council in Fermoy why are they taking away these parking well we gave the reason why and it's to do with social distancing and they gave us a statement from Cork on the council which we read while Thomasina was on the line before midday but uh, this particular person is saying they can't deal with caravans that should not be where they were in the town a number of years ago but yet they can take away parking spaces fast also on this uh, hi I'm listening to that lady talking about Fermoy and I couldn't believe it when I was in uh, that area when they removed the parking it's ridiculous as my needs every space I don't have a disability pass but I am restricted to how far I can walk and I always needed one of these spaces so I don't agree with what was done says that particular uh, Whatsapper on the removal of those particular car spaces in Fermoy and again uh, just to go back on what the council was saying for their right to reply uh, these measures uh, regarding the parking spaces they are allow uh, they are to allow the two metre social distancing on footpaths and to enable people to shop locally in a safe manner and they have said that details of this were provided in June by post to all residents in the affected areas but again they say it's part of their work in the council to implement the national government guidelines in relation to COVID-19 in town centres it's happening across the county and in Fermoy it has included also works on the main street including deep cleaning and decluttering but the parking spaces was one of those reasons uh, removing those particular parking spaces and the reason is to allow two metres social distancing on the footpaths people in Fermoy say there's not enough people walking on the footpaths for this so they don't need to do that anyhow the council have and they're doing it in all towns across the county uh, and that's why that has happened thank you for your whatsapps and text on that and finally dealing with the layouts of towns uh person here who doesn't want their name read out on from their WhatsApp, but they're listening to what is happening in Formoy and indeed about the changing of the parking spaces. But this person says, I have just heard about a new layout for Rath Cormock Now, the Community Council and Associates have drawn up plans for the future layout of the village, but this person thinks it's the most ridiculous thinking ever. We are a rural community and we need to be treated like so. No, I'm not too sure what the layout is, is a type of a, a plaza layout or something like that that they're thinking of drawing up plans. Anyhow, if anybody has more information, let us know. But this person, whatever way they're planning it, uh, this particular person doesn't agree and feels it's wrong to do so uh, and it's wrong to treat a rural community uh, like they are doing whatever those plans are anyhow we'll have to wait and see 1850 333 103 lines open you can text or whatsapp 0862103103 email jp at c103.ie our regular councillor on a Tuesday who joins us Joe Heffernan is going to discuss resilience this week and how young adults deal uh, with resilience and how they can cope with that and so many things changing at the moment we'll be discussing that uh, very shortly here on the programme you can tweet as well this afternoon at c one zero three. Cork
1: The C103 Cork Diary
2: With Cork County Council Supporting businesses Supporting communities Serving Cork Visit CorkCoco.ie And any time In the month of July You can run or walk The Cork McShirley 10k road race and it's the usual route you would always do. So then what happens is you use your entry ID that was emailed to you when you registered for this particular Corkmark 10K. You enter your time and provide the evidence of the course completion. So the entries will be uh, collated and the runners and walkers will then get league tables and this will be regularly updated. There will be a prize in for the fastest female and male runner, but you will also receive a free entry to the raffle each time you register. Proceeds from this event will be split between the Cork McSherry Rowing Club Building Fund and the raffle and race prizes.
1: Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment.
2: 1850 And as we know, a lot of these summer gigs, they're all off this year because of COVID-19. But we here at C103, we have the next, next best thing. And what is it? Well, are you missing live the marquee? Are you missing Independent Park? Are you missing Indy in Mitchellstown? Because the Backyard uh, Back Garden Festival with Harvey Norman, your specialist in sound this summer, is playing all the songs from all the artists that we would have seen featuring loads of virtual live music sets. So if you want more, check it out at c103.ie or indeed on the C103 app, the Back Garden Festival with Harvey Norman and ourselves here at C103. If you are uh, missing the festivals this summer and uh, maybe you're having a barbecue with friends, and your social distancing and all that. You can check that out on c103.ie and the C103 app now. And many charities have been impacted due to COVID 19, and one Kinsale boy is going to repay his gratitude to three croc charities this week. Harry O'Hanlon is just age six, and he's going to cycle three kilometres a day for 33 days. And his dad, Ricky, joins me this afternoon. Uh, Ricky, good afternoon to you.
6: Hi JP, how are you doing?
2: I'm fine, thanks. Now this is a great initiative by uh, young Harry here to go and do this. Just first of all, tell us about Harry and why he's doing this particular fundraiser.
6: Um, yeah, so Harry is a, he's a loving six-year-old boy living in Kinsale with his, his mom, dad and, and sister Chloe, um, who is four. Um, so he was diagnosed with autism in May 2017 and since then has been on a journey um in seeking early intervention from a number of autism centres and schools. Um so namely the SHINE Centre for Autism um and Sunnis, the special junior primary school in Cargaline, um, whilst also getting support uh, and intervention from the Rainbow Club in Mahon. Um so he has now completed his three years of early intervention um across SHINE and Sunnis um and will now be moving to to the special unit in Skullney and in Kinsale this coming term. Um so he's looking to um I suppose um you know, repay um, some level of gratitude to to Shine and Sunnis and the Rainbow Club for the work they've done with them um, by cycling across the streets of Kinsale and County Cork um, over the coming weeks. Uh, And obviously in doing so then, raise awareness for children on the spectrum uh, and hopefully um, raise some much-needed funds for these um, these three very worthy causes.
2: And you have seen the three, these three charities who, I suppose, like others at the moment, have seen a drop in uh, income when it comes to donations from people because of what has happened over the last three or four months. But you have seen how they have changed his life and supported him over the last number of years.
6: Absolutely, they um Look, we're, we're massively indebted to um the work um the support structures, the services, the interventions provided across shine sunus uh, and the Rainbow Club, and you know how they've obviously um you know impacted harry um you know from 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 being a young boy at three years of age um you know to to not being able to talk um you know going into shine um, coming out a completely different child one year later, and you know spending two years following that in in, in Sunnis and Carrigaline as well um, he's really blossomed into a young you know fabulous little boy. And um, you know, in that period as well, John and Karen in the Rainbow Club um, have provided huge support. Um, He's been up there twice weekly for the past number of years, um, and loves going there. Uh, And they really provide an absolute fantastic service to um, many, many children that are on the spectrum. Um, So you know, as I said, it's a very small um, you know debt that we you know we want to just pay back to to Shine to understand the Rainbow Club, and um, yeah, they're absolutely fabulous for the work they do.
2: And is he looking forward to attending primary school in Kinsale this coming September all going well?
6: He is, he is indeed. You know, I mean it's um I suppose one of the challenges with the um with the with the system is that um you know, you're 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 um, you know, you're, you're 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 reliant on travel and Harry you know, Harry does get a bus, you know, to and fro cargo line which probably consumes two and a half hours or so per day of his time. So I mean just having the um you know, with, with the way the system works, you know, you can have all the same children on all, all the same waiting lists across all the same schools across the county. So we're extremely fortunate and privileged that Harry, you know, has been offered a place in skullnay Velton um, under Susan O'Halloran and Kinsale, and we, um, you know, he's, he's hugely looking forward to, um, to moving there in September. So, so one of the cycles we do have plans will we'll end up finishing in, in skullnay Velton, and um, obviously we will be posting, you know, uh, pictures on a daily basis when Terry does reach his destinations and um, yeah, it's extremely exciting.
2: So he's starting today and he's encouraging um, people I presume with social distancing to come along and see uh, how he is performing. Where did the idea come from to cycle the 3K uh, for 33 days?
6: Um, So I suppose, you know, as i said on on the GoFundMe page, I guess, you know, one of the, um, you know, I suppose with COVID, it's it impacted these three two very worthy causes, but equally, it's allowed Harry to to begin to learn to cycle. You know, on the um, on the then very quiet roads of Kinsale. So, um, you know, it, it, it's it's now I guess taking that to the next level for Harry, and um, trying to get him out on the bike. Um, you know, and and we we just felt you know given he's he's really taken to the cycling um, during COVID, so we just felt look, we'd like to try and push him. You know, um, obviously this will certainly test his needs in a number of ways. Um, and in doing so, you know, it'll involve him, him directly in giving something back to these three very worthy charities. So, um, you know, I mean, the idea, I guess, came that we, we spent, you know, no, a numerous days out on the bike in, a, in and around Kinsale, you know, on the very then quiet roads. And, and obviously things have picked up over the past couple of weeks. So, um, we're looking to, um, you know, take on a number of routes, um, primarily across Kinsale, but we'll also be going to Carrigaline. To both Shine and sunus also up to Man in 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 the Rainbow Club, right down to Clonacilty, you know, which is um you know one of the autism friendly towns in Ireland. So um there are a number of different routes planned, you know, across Cork City uh, and County over the coming thirty three days. Uh, and I guess look, we we were looking initially to to raise three thousand by cycling three kilometers a day for thirty three days for these three very worthy causes. But um you know we launched the campaign last last Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and and the response has just been fabulous. So um look that was the thinking behind it uh, and obviously um you know harry's extremely excited we um, we we've, we've put a visual calendar um up in the wall here so he knows where he's going um for the next 33 days um with visual support for for him to to understand what he needs to do and there's um huge support from around the town here as well so you know we're extremely humbled uh, and privileged by the response
2: well that's fantastic and uh, I know you mentioned there how lockdown, how he's learned the cycle uh, during those few months and the impact that it's had on the charities. So what was the impact for for Harry himself uh, being a home and a different routine for everybody?
6: It, yeah, I mean look Harry um, is a very, uh, you know, extremely routine driven driven, driven little guy and you look know, I suppose we've been trying to... Um, you know, push him and uh, sort of flex his routine somewhat, um, you know, trying to get him to adapt to different different situations at different times. Um, you know, I mean COVID has been it's been tough for him and it's been tough for, for us, you know, for for obvious reasons. But um look he, he you know, the school have maintained continuity with Harry. Um he's had daily um school um Zoom calls with his his teacher Michelle and Sonnet. Um, who's been absolutely fantastic, and um, you know they've had a number of group class calls as well on occasion with um, with Harry as well to try and keep him. Um, I suppose some level of continuity with the kids with the class, uh, and he's also been in touch with some of the children that he's in school with um, through through Facetime and Zoom directly. Um, so look, it, it certainly was tough. Um, you know, it, it certainly challenged him, and um, I suppose that you know, so, you know, learning to cycle and cycling has given him outlets during that period to. Um you know it does many things for him um you know it improves his coordination his um his fine motor skills um obviously you know sense of awareness, you know the noise of traffic and that around him will will obviously test his needs and let alone the weather you know i mean harry's not great with the um the wet, and and obviously rain over the um the head does you know on occasion cause um sensory overload so um you know this uh, particular challenge will test him at a number of levels, but um he's hugely excited by by what 's to come.
2: Well best of luck to Harry and I know you'll be alongside him as well across the route and if people see you along Kinsale or Clonic Guilty or wherever that may be uh, make sure to give you a wave and maybe uh, be careful as well on the traffic with the roads but I'm sure with social distancing everything will, will go well so I'll pass on our, our best wishes to Harry Ricky won't you and to all the family there.
6: Thanks very much JP we really appreciate everybody's um, response today and our thanks to to the guards uh, and everybody that's taking part in this uh, in this campaign uh, it's very much appreciated from within the, uh, the O'Hanlon family.
2: Very good and we'll share some of the photos as well along the way on our socials Uh, Best of luck Ricky By the way are you after starting? Did you start this morning or are you about to start there in Kinsale today? Mm -hmm.
6: We're kicking off in, in, in 25 minutes, so there'll be a oh. few pictures and uh, a few a few e-cars outside the house there, I'd say, when I come downstairs. So um, okay. it's, it's due to kick off, and we'll cycle into Kinsale and do a few, a few laps around Kinsale.
2: So you'll, if you're in Kinsale this afternoon from around, I suppose, the next uh, one, one o'clock lunchtime, if you see the, a few guardy cars and cyclists, you'll know Harry is cycling around Kinsale town at the moment, so watch out for that. Uh, enjoy that, and best of luck with it, Ricky.
6: JP, if I could just say one yep. thing, if uh, just for your audience, um, we do have a GoFundMe page just um, out there called Harry's Help for Heroes. Um, just if anybody um, that can relate to this story can kindly look to... Um to, to go on and support the because that would be very much appreciated Very
2: good and we'll link that as well on our social so people can donate to that uh, Enjoy today and best of luck with the uh, 3K for the next 23 days and again for Great Charities Rainbow Club Centre for Autism Sunnis and Shine Centre for Autism as well and uh, I'm sure weather-wise it's due to pick up weather-wise so that should be uh, a good view as well over the next while Thank you Ricky Take care Thanks
6: indeed JP Take care
2: uh, Ricky O'Hannon there who's dad to Harry starting that challenge today in Kinsale so if you see them around Kinsale cycling. Uh, make sure you support them across the day and then move on to other areas uh, from Kinsale to Line, to Clonakilty, and we'll post information and the link to GoFundMe on our social networks Facebook and Twitter later on this afternoon. Our lines are open 1850 103 just uh, going back to a number of comments on various issues first of all on scam calls. Josie in got a scam call on her landline and this came to her at one fifteen this morning. Now it was a man who was claiming there was something wrong with her internet now Josie was sound asleep and it was Josie and her daughter were very worried when the phone rang because at that hour of the night and I'm sure any of us know if you are in bed and the phone rings in the early hours of the morning there's one thing on all our minds and it's not someone ringing you for a quick chat at 3, 2 or 1am in the morning so You can imagine that they were scared and frightened and worried at that hour until they actually went to pick up the phone. But it was one of those scam calls, again, asking and chatting about the internet, claiming there's something wrong. The best thing to do with those is hang up. But it is disturbing. It is nice when you get a, a call like that in the early hours of the morning for the few minutes after and beforehand you were worried. Uh, because you're thinking the worst. and uh, Thank you, Josie, for that. Christopher is in Yall. He went on the bus to Cork City last week. He was coming back on the late bus to Yall. That was the 11pm bus. But he said there was no seating and he was waiting two hours for his bus at this stage and he had to sit down on the windowsill so is that the, you, you had to sit on the windowsill I presume uh, that was while you were waiting for your bus and you were waiting two hours at that stage uh, and then the bus came at 11 o'clock and it was full so that's the demand for the buses uh, from Cork City to Yoll it would seem uh, last week anyhow they were full for the final bus back to uh, Yoll uh, from Cork City and at that stage because you were waiting two hours, I presume, were the buses before that? Were they full and they couldn't take you? And that's why you had to get the last bus. And because people were waiting for the last bus, that filled up fast. Uh, thank you, Christopher, and you all for your comment. And John and Donnerwell uh, is asking, if you have a medical card, would you be charged for the COVID test when going to hospital for a procedure? Well, this is where it depends on, what, on where you're going. If you're going to a private hospital, I presume you're if you are paying privately then you will Uh, but if you're going publicly uh, then you won't Um, because you'll be going on the public system and that changes from later on this week but for the moment if you're going to a private hospital because that's where the the cost is coming from if you're going to uh, for a procedure and operation in for example the martyr in one of those hospitals and you're going via your health insurance privately then you will have to pay that particular test at the moment going to a doctor or publicly you don't have to pay it I hope that answers your question John in Donnerall and very finally on the issue of the restless legs and people on about putting soap under your pillow Catherine says yes and it has to be lavender soap because that worked for Catherine while people are still questioning about Formoy and the council they feel that okay removing the the parking spaces if they have to do that well and good but one whatsapper here says it's more fitting for the council to build houses what a waste of money doing what they are doing in Formoy uh, taking away parking spaces Uh, thank you for your text regarding that and one final comment in here and this is with regards to and he'll make a statement later with regards to uh, Barry Cullen, of course, and the drink driving. Tom wants to say, did that politician who was caught drink driving have any full licensed driver in the car with him? You're supposed to have a full licensed driver if you don't have a full licence. And that's something that I'm sure he'll address later this afternoon as people are looking for those answers. We'll have to wait and see what he says in the Dáil later. 1850 333 103 lines are open. Text or WhatsApp 086 We're discussing resilience with Joe Heffernan next.
1: Court today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 2 103, 103
2: and on parking in for Moy the final comment on this Anthony saying he was just in for Moy and came back because he could not get parking anywhere in the town so not sure if that was a good idea or not to remove those particular spaces well Barry says on Barry Cowan he should be left to do his job now he might be very good at it we don't want to hound him out of the job and maybe get someone else who would not be as well qualified and if you're on the road between Bandon and Brinney uh, that road was recently resurfaced and there's a lot of loose chippings on the road so Carter uh, are asking motorists to beware of that now let's join Joe Heffernan our regular councillor as we join him every Tuesday on the show good afternoon to you Joe Good afternoon, JP. Now, a lot of us and a lot of people are questioning resilience, I suppose. So much going on in 2020 this year. And a report, of course, has come out about how young adults suffer with this and how they deal with resilience. And it's something that people, I suppose, look at and want to talk about in maintaining relationships with either friends or family and others. And that's what we're going to discuss today, Joe, on the show. Yeah,
8: yeah. And, um, yeah, apparently on this Growing Up in Ireland uh, study um, from the ESRI, um, uh, four in ten younger adults reported that the pandemic had 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 a big financial effect, impact on them. Um, (laughs) Whereas the older folk, um, it hadn't that much of a, a, you know, remarkable um, uh, effect on them. Um, and those uh, in the 18 to 34 age bracket were the least likely to report high overall life satisfaction in fact the uh, uh, that was at 80% in 2018 and uh, it was down uh, um, uh, sorry it was down 80% since the same question in uh, 2018 so It is having a big, big effect, uh, especially on the younger people.
2: And could that be down to, Joe, a number of reasons, even outside of financial, the fact that a lot of people, especially in that age group, you know yourself when you're in your 20s especially, you want to be out, you want to be meeting your people, you want to be partying, but that was all stopped. Would that play a factor in in, in one of the reasons I think
8: it more certainly would because even, again, to quote our our, uh, parish priest there, um, when he was saying that it, uh, you know, the whole scenario uh, shows us how little we need, how much we have, and the value of human contact. Now, I quoted for the for line number three. Um, yeah, young we are social beings, and young people love to socialise, and uh, and that's a huge uh, loss. Now, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, um, both adults and young people are maybe um, taking un- unnecessary risks um, with the kind of socialising that we saw in Temple Bar and that. I mean, that's not what one would be recommending at all. But it's nice that now we're in a situation... Um, we met our sons in Cork for the first time after two months uh, back there when the restrictions lifted a little. And that was lovely, you know. Um so the value of human contact, and uh, one of the first um, uh, factors um, to build resilience um, would be to maintain good relationships with close family, friends, and others. Now we were blessed during the pandemic lockdown. The over seventies brigade, um, you know, we 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 were blessed. The, There was Nora, there was Father Jim, there was Sean, there was Eddie, there was Dennis, they know who they are. And um, they they were wonderful to us, you know. Phone, call anything you need today, um, uh, yes or no, uh, we would uh, say, yeah, we could do with such a thing or that. And, you know, that opened our eyes um, to uh, the value of human friendship and and human contact. Um, The second thing that's recommended is like, to avoid seeing this particular crisis as unbearable, uh, to try and lighten it a small bit, you know, to try and get to uh, that phrase that we use so often, this too shall pass. Um, And again then, uh, you know, to control what you can and let go of what you can't. Um, uh, And maybe make a little list um uh, i would suggest um uh, that a person would write down these things i can control and a list and then maybe um the problems or worries that one would have um you know these things i really have no control over for example we are all praying for a vaccine but you know the average guy um uh, we don't have any uh, um input um for that except um, this bit of input would be about coping with that fact. Um, You know, in in the things that we can control, and talking to the younger people too, uh, emails, CVs, applications, um, looking to when this is over in an optimistic way, and um, maybe it's a golden opportunity to get the CV um, really updated, uh, to get the CV out with applications for certain jobs or uh, whatever in, in, in that line, you know?
2: Yeah, and to work on things that you might want to strengthen, you can do that now because a lot of people, maybe not as, as we go back to some type of normality now, but over the last number of weeks, people had more time in their hands in the evening so uh, they could work on, on things they were willing or wanted to work on a number of years, but they could not have find time to do so. But there was plenty of time during lockdown.
8: Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. The the you know, the couple of books that we always wanted to read yeah, couldn't yeah. find the time, um, et cetera. Um, that bit of music that we would like to listen to but we do kind of life was going along too fast, uh things like that. But then in the more in the more um uh practical things of life, as I say, um uh you know, having a look around about what would I like to do. Um you recently I mean one of the one of the great stresses for the young people who were facing exams, the leaving cert uh, and that. Um, you know, that was oh um very, very, very tough. And um you know, they need every encouragement and every praise for coping with uh, with that situation, it's the same for people, well, maybe not quite the same, but, um, you know, like that for students going back to third level, going back to college. Um, nobody really knows what's going on. Will, yeah. You know, will the lecture halls be open? Will it be uh, um, done online? Um all of that, the kind of things that we realised that we kind of took for granted, um, you know.
2: The control is gone now out of our hands. We have to wait and see what happens over the next few months on that.
8: Yeah, and I think that's kind of scary. Mm.
2: It can be, especially if you're first time attending college. You're not too sure what to expect. And that experience, in a way, is, is gone, I suppose, until you actually figure out what's going to happen over the next few months. No one knows, and that's the scary part, shows as you mentioned there. No one yeah. knows until until they decide and, and we see how the summer goes here in Ireland.
8: Yeah. Sitting with uncertainty is always very tough. Mm. Um, Even if you're expecting some news, um, uh, sometimes even the bit of bad news is kind of half welcome in the sense that now you know what's going on. That's true. (laughs) You know.
2: That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I suppose it's, it's tough then for people to develop realistic goals and move towards them for some people if they don't know what they're moving towards.
8: Well that's true and and maybe to to be realistic about mm. expectations of self and others uh, one of my favorite old sayings about uh, other people is that um uh, high expectations are resentments under construction that um you know we we all have feet of play and um some people are going to surprise you and um you expected more uh, some people are going to surprise you in that they were wonderful um and and that's life and it's the same with ourselves that um you know we need to kind of realize that um you know we're we're fairly fragile um uh, beings and um uh whether it be um uh, health issues to do with aging bodies. Or whether it has to do with um uh, worry and anxiety that we need to do the best we can to take care of our minds, our body um and um you know uh, looking after ourselves generally be kind to 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 oneself um a lot of people find it so much easier to be kind to others than they are to themselves. These are the people who give, 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 and um, kind of run out of steam. Whereas we need to be kind to ourselves, too. Maybe take an old half day off, you know, um, watching old bit of silly television, maybe, whatever, and, um, you know, not be uh, feeling... The guilt that can go over that about oh my god I kind of wasted my afternoon yeah, yeah. Says, huh?
2: yeah. Sorry. Watch, watching a film and realising there's something else to be done in the house or uh, the washing machine must be put on to wash clothes and you are feeling you're watching the TV and not doing that and you get the guilt yeah a lot of people would identify with that Joe I yeah. think
6: yeah.
2: would that be considered as, as well though when you're speaking about uh, developing things in life and being nicer to yourself would that tie in with one of the points here on developing your self-confidence
8: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, You know, to give yourself a little clap in the back um, for each step that you do um, developing, do you remember Barack Obama had it in in Irish there, is featherling, Mm. we can, yes we can. And um, that can be a simple thing, that can be right back up to a thing I mentioned there earlier about the emails, the CVs, the applications, and then let it go. Um, All you can do is what you can do. Um, The results of it um, are... Uh, out of one's control, but yeah, to have the confidence to um, to send the email, to have the confidence to send the CV, um, and and to develop an optimism, going along with the, this too shall pass, you know, we will get through this, I mean, yeah, we've no other choice, all we can do is keep putting one foot in front of the other, and being hopeful, Um so there's, a, again, back to a thing we said there a, a little earlier today, not to see all of this as unbearable um, or unfixable, to um, to be a little bit more on the optimistic side of um, we will come through this.
2: And to maintain that outlook, as you said, on a, on a hopeful perspective, but also in one of the final points of this is to take care of your own mind and body, exercising regularly, which people are doing, walking a lot more, but also paying attention to your own needs and your own feelings.
8: Yes, indeed. And uh, maybe passing the, the, the ball of sweets a little bit more than we have been. <laughs> um, yeah, i um, will have to confess to a few pounds in the wrong direction. Um Oh during the <laughs> lockdown but um, yeah i'd be relatively hopeful that I can take myself on and um control what I can, in other words, go for a blooming walk every day and uh, maybe resist um the 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 sweeties um it's, it hasn't been it hasn't been a great time in that line for me at all. No, no.
2: And for everybody, Joe, you're not alone there. Okay. For everybody, as, uh, everybody tries to go back. And uh, as the gyms reopen, people either join a gym or take up something to uh, get rid of what's known as the COVID stone across the world at this stage. Yeah,
8: oh, I didn't know about
2: yeah, that. Yeah, the COVID stone, they're calling it. Okay. And outside of the weight and us uh, eating more as well and, and the feelings around that, people need to look after their own mental health because that has become a big, big issue. And I think a bigger issue will become over the next number of months
8: i think so too i think so too i mean i I work a lot in the area of trauma and um uh, you know cism course that i do in ucc critical incident stress management well you could not have more uh you know we're in a, we're in the middle of a critical incident and we need to learn to manage the stress and um you know, maybe may- maybe that would be a good subject for maybe our next talk about managing that stress. I suppose the resilience today would 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 speak to the very same issue. Really, the things we've been saying. But um, yeah, this has been a traumatic time, and I don't think that's too strong a word. Um, it's been traumatic for a lot of people, especially especially the people who contracted the virus, and especially the families of those who died during this um unusual and horrible time um although I I'm hearing quite a lot about funerals that were um conducted with great dignity and great feeling and uh and that it, it hasn't been as dire as we kind of visualised at the start.
2: Yeah, and, and I know the uh, those involved in funerals have been doing the best they can uh, to make it a, 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 a memorable time for the family in as much as they can with the regulations and the restrictions. So for the moment, Joe, good points there on resilience and I think the mental health issue you speak about we could touch over the next few weeks because that will be a big issue for many. For the moment, thanks for joining us, Joe, uh, this afternoon. We'll talk to you next week. Joe Heffernan there, who's a regular counselor on our show and he's an accredited counsellor based in Bournemouth. Or we can contact him on 029 That's it uh, from us today. Back with you tomorrow morning uh, from 10 a.m. Enjoy your Tuesday afternoon. I'm John Paul McNamara. Stay safe. Hi, I'm Daniel,
5: founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why
0: I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors
5: health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary